Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You are now tuned in to episode 131 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage the Poet, and on this evening... We have a change of program. For tonight, we have a postponement for master musician and artist Mr. Greg S. Austin. He will be appearing on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show, but not tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So for tonight, we have a new itinerary. Tonight will be open mic night. Session 1 will take place from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we'll have a break. We will have the free publishing tips hour, which will start promptly at 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. And afterwards, we will have Session 2 of Open Mic Night to begin. And that will begin at 10 till 11 p.m. Eastern Standard standard time, okay, just wanting to say to you that this is the order of the programming for tonight's show, and for open mic night, this is for true artists, this is what I refer to as the true artist free fall, all artists are welcome, so it doesn't matter what genre, of writing, just come with your best works. Come with your best literary works, and you will be heard. You will have your moment to shine. This is your opportunity to express yourself and to expose and showcase your your raw talent to an audience, a live audience and to acquire live, responsive feedback. So don't let this opportunity pass you by, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let this night pass you by. And for those of you that would like to call in, the call-in number is area code 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. Seven four four four, and the show's ID number is the following: one three three one nine three, and then press the pound key. I repeat: one three three one nine three, and then press the pound key. And for those that would like to join me in the chat room, yes, yes, we have the chat room open. All you have to do is visit the following link online, www.talkshoe.com. I repeat, www.talkshoe.com. And the show's ID number is 133-193. I repeat, 133-193. Once you have entered that, once you visit the homepage of TalkShoe.com, 
you will navigate to the Exceptional Scribble Shows page. And then it's easy. After that, you click on the uh, purple tab, which indicates that if you want to enter the chat room or listen to the show via live stream, this is how you can do so. You will access the show's live stream link, click on the purple tab, and then from there it's all easy. If you are not yet a member of TalkShoe, you're entering as a guest. You're entering the chat room, that is, as a guest. So you would press number one when asked for a PIN number. Just press one. You will enter in. It will list you as a guest, and then it will have a number next to your name. And that just lets me know what number guest you are. Once you have entered, please identify yourself because I can only see that you're a guest. You will have to indicate who you are by name. And it's quite simple. Just simply type your name and say, good evening. This is such and such and so and so. Thank you very much. Okay, remember tonight is the open mic night, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start off in the following order. First, I want to acknowledge all who are tuning in. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is episode 131. And, of course, our new itinerary is tonight is open mic night. True artist, this is your night. Come out, come out, wherever you are. The mics are waiting. Come out, come out, wherever you are. And keep in mind, it doesn't matter what genre of writing. All artists are welcome tonight. All Artists are welcome. It doesn't matter what genre of writing. All artists are welcome. This is what I refer to as the true artist free fall. So if you are true to your craft, the mics are waiting for you tonight. They are open, and we're all here. We're all listening. We're all listening. We're all ready to hear raw artistry, raw talentry. Note I said raw. That means don't bring anything recycled. We don't want the recycled. We don't want something that's a carbon copy of someone else. We want to hear you tonight. Be to thine own self, to thine own self, be true. We're inviting you, we're welcoming you tonight to be a part of tonight's open night. And keep this in mind, too, no one but you. can do you. I repeat that. No one but you 
can do you. So what I'm going to do for everyone this evening, we're going to start off with a poem by yours truly, Sage, the poet and host of the Exceptional School Show. This is an original poem. It is a poem, I promise you, you have not heard this anywhere. I have not spilled my ink onto any open mic venues with this original piece. It's entitled Urban Heights. We shall transcend into a higher place, the ascension above. Let heaven and nature sing the flight of the birds below. Urban heights is the prize we shall overcome today. We will delete the fungus that grows upon our latent minds. I shall promote higher level thinking. Urban heights are the best side of us, the inside us. Urban heights is the key that will unlock our legacy. Urban heights is the opening of the closed womb. It's the matrix disclosed. Urban heights is the womb. The space we all must enter first to evolve into the who we need to become. The last empress or the last emperor. Urban heights manifest when we transcend our fears to embrace hope. It is the moment that we evolve to reach our creator's expectations. It is the moment when we fully understand that we were created to do something. The master's plan. Urban heights occur and reoccur expeditiously. I.e., we graduate, we advance, and then we are promoted. After which, we then can fulfill our destiny. Urban heights happen when the stillborn are resurrected and become the firstborn. It is the hour and the day we all do the things we know are right, not simply because we can, but we do them with strong conviction. We live to live again. Urban heights are destinations made certain. Spiritual planes walked upon that promote earthly good. It is when we devote our lives to become coming an honest soul, the good Samaritan who is kind to the stranger in need, regardless of their ethnicity, faith, or creed. Urban heights are neighborhoods that become safe havens. Urban heights are family dinners where everyone speaks blessings and not cursings. Urban heights are a time to heal. Imperfect lives made perfect. Communal prayer without end. Urban Heights is a reality when we choose to become a community helper. 
urban heights occur when the weak are made strong and the faith of many is restored. Urban heights was the civil rights era in America when public protests to protect human rights were widely acclaimed. And then afterwards, affirmative action was established to affirm equity in the U.S. Urban Heights is a calling and election of a chosen generation. The promotion of the lawful citizens and a citizen's unrest of the unlawful power to the people. Urban Heights is our destiny. The moment of truth we all live to see. Urban Heights is your destiny. The moment of truth you live to see. Urban Heights is my destiny. The moment of truth I live to see. Urban Heights is destiny fulfilled. When the moment of truth is all we see. Urban Heights is the beginning of the change within. The conversion of mankind from the fallen to the chosen. Urban Heights is the refinement of the soul, mental liberation. It's when the mind opens to disclose many things, the necessary things. It's when positive energy prolongs to embolden the soul. Urban Heights is love revisited. Urban Heights is more than a revolution. It is the ascension. The ascension. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard an original poem entitled Urban Heights. And you heard the poem recited by Sage, the poet and host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Now, what I'm going to do is the following. That was just an open introduction to open mic night, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to warm the mics before anybody else had their chance to sit on them this evening. Make your voice heard tonight. If you are a true artist, this is the free fall. This is the free fall. Open mic. Night is the free fall. All artists, all artists are welcome. All genres of writing are accepted. All I ask is that you keep it legit and respectful. Remember, all artists have mutual respect for one another. Do not use the mic to tear down your brother or your sister, your mother or your father. Speak the truth with conviction, yes. But honor 
is just do on this mic. I will keep order in this court. I am Sage the Poet and host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And you are tuned in to episode 131, Open Mic Night. I want to hear some original poetry, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is session 1, and 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is session number 2. And in between, we're going to have a break from 9 to 10 p.m. We will hear from Queen Zipporah Thelman. She is the honorary co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. You heard me correct. The honorary co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. It is indeed a high honor to co-host this show with Queen Zipporah Thelman. Her and I have been on this journey for some time now, and it has been a very interesting journey. Queen Zipporah Thelman is also referred to as the librarian of the Exceptional Scribble Show, ladies and gentlemen. So, yes, she will reference literature and do so quite often. She also provides suggested readings from week to week, and she has a recommended list of readings as well. So be tuned in tonight, especially for those of you who need to become published authors. From 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is when the free publishing tip hour will be facilitated by the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, Queen Zipporah Thelman. Also keep in mind, she will be sharing articles, good reference articles, articles which will provide good content and especially good content for writers. I do not know specifically where she will guide us to this evening, but I do know she will direct us in a direction that we need to take, especially if you are a scribe for justice, as I am. That means you write and you write just things um, and you are pro-justice. And uh, your writings reflect that. She definitely will be of good help for to you, and any writer in particular. If you're a scribe and or a poet, and or if you are a writer, maybe you write short stories, or um, you're a journal journalist. You write journals. Good, positive affirmations. Whatever your genre of writing is, be tuned in tonight from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will cater to callers. Be tuned in and hear what's good for you. I promise you there will be some things that there will be, something shared that you will find is profound and beneficial to you. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Also, what I'm going to do at this time is the following, because I always want to start the show off making sure to acknowledge those who laid the path before us. So at this time, I'm going to do some special acknowledgments. Of course, as always, we do want to acknowledge our maker. I do want to give honor to the Most High. I am referring to Yah. Some call him Jah. I am referring to the God of the Hebrews. That is who I'm a worshiper of. And for many others, you might have a different name you call him. But we all can agree we have one maker, one creator. So I'm saying this, and this isn't about being politically correct. This is about being soulfully accurate. Um, I'm acknowledging my maker here on this platform. He, the one who gave me the breath of life, the one who has a plan for my life. I am here because he has a plan for my life. So I'm giving him high honors. Have to start tonight's show right. And moving from there, acknowledging my parents because they came together and through their union, I am here. So I am acknowledging and honoring them and saying, I love you and thank you, and I appreciate you. Next, I am acknowledging mentors. Yes, we all have them. Some we talk to every day. Some we talk to occasionally. But I am acknowledging the mentors in my life. Miss Hazel Lockett, Madam Shirley Carter, there are so many I can reference, but those two have been quite instrumental in my life, and I reference them, and we talk quite often, so of course I would name them first, but there are a host of many. Um, I want to acknowledge Dr. Evelyn Graves, um, whom is the founder of the Evelyn Graves Christian Academy. That was an academy I attended from grades 6 and 12 that helped to form me into being not just a community helper but a spiritual leader. I want to acknowledge, oh, yes, and I did not say this first, Um, along with my ancestors, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents. Yes, because I know many gifts, many blessed gifts I inherited from them. Yes, generational blessings, ladies and gentlemen, are real. Yes, they are. And unfortunately, generational cursings are too. So if you have discovered that, yes, generational curses are active, 
in your life, it's time to renounce them, which means to cut off from the root. And the best way I can say you can achieve that and accomplish that, there are spiritual healers, leaders, pastors, ministers, you whatever. These are the people you go to, and you have to say you renounce whatever that generational curse is. For some, it could be a consistent error that you notice is constantly being made, and all men or all women are doing it. It can be addiction. It can be a lot of things, certain crimes. But generational curses are real, and it's time to get help. And I'm taking out the time now because I know help is available. Some of us, we don't acknowledge there's a spirit world that we also occupy. We're not just physical or terrestrial beings. We're also spirit beings, and we live in physical terrestrial bodies or an earth suit. And it's important that we acknowledge that when we're in trouble spiritually, when we are spiritually sick, There are spiritual healers in our community. We need to know whom our spiritual healers are. Some are called prophets. Some are called teachers. Some are called preachers. Some are called pastors. There are so many names for them. But they are truly ministers of healing, ministers of light. And they have been placed here on this earth to help heal us because we need spiritual healing, too. A lot of us are familiar with the late, great Marvin Gaye. He had a song entitled Sexual Healing. Now, that's a form of healing, but spiritually, we were made in the image of our spirit, father, creator, maker. And we need spiritual healing. But some of us, We are spiritually being healed daily because we pray, we meditate, we speak positive affirmations daily, at least three times a day. We affirm that which is good. That's all positive affirmations are. When you're speaking them, you affirm what is truth or what is good. And it's necessary for the soul to do that, the cleansing. Um, There are so many spiritual healers that exist in your community. Don't fight whatever it is that you're wrestling with spiritually on your own. We all need help. Find your help. It will happen through you praying, seeking your maker, taking out time, meditating. You will know because your steps will be ordered. Your maker loves you. He created you and put you here for a purpose. He will order your steps and you will be led to that spiritual house. That spiritual house where you belong. And you will know when you find it. This is home. When you arrive there, allow your roots, allow your soul to be settled there. Bloom 
where you are planted spiritually because that is the spiritual family that will help nurture you into becoming spiritually the man, the whole self you were created to become. We all have a spiritual family. Some of us have discovered and identified with that family, but not everyone. So I'm encouraging you to do so. You are not alone. We all have struggles in this life. We all have battles in this life. And sometimes our wars are within ourselves. And we can win if we walk in the light. Truth is the light. So let it shine within your soul today. Peace and good health to everyone. At this time, we're going to hear some music. I'm giving the artists a chance to arrive. Some artists are arriving a little later in the hour, but we're going to get things up and running. Yes, yes, yes. Running fast because we have an itinerary to follow tonight. As I have shared already, open mic night is tonight. This is the True Artist Freefall All artists are welcome. Come out, come out wherever you are, artists. The mics are waiting. The number to call is area code 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. And the show's ID number is 133-193. I repeat, 133-193. Nine three. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have something special to share with you. Yes, it is called a poem. And this is entitled Hit and Run. And this is an original poem, ladies and gentlemen, by Sage the Poet. Flabbered by my past, as I arise to greet, the morning light. Saliva drips down the sides of my mouth as I awaken to the unpleasant odor of smoldering flesh. The mildew of my mistakes have afflicted my warm new. I walk among the thorns today, not a rose in view. I am but a flicker. The clouds block the sun's view. I am darkened by the clouds of regret. The streets are mean. The winds are too. The silent sidewalks scream at me. They entreat me unfavorably. I slip on some sticky paper on the sidewalk and fall rather hard, so hard that my right knee is bruised and bleeding. The heavens are not smiling upon me today. A stranger comes up to me and says, believe, daughter, believe. But as I look up to give a reply, he was gone, as if he vanished into thin air. An angel? Maybe. Or simply, a messenger. A prophet telling me of what I must do. 
to prevent the great fall. In a state of mind to be reproved, I seek wise counsel from the elder in the community. Her reply to me is, all things come in due season. Purposes are fulfilled in the fullness of time. I needed to open my mind and heart to receive the truth, the solid truth, and nothing else. I have been a dog's bone on occasions, buried in the dirt, only to be resurrected again and then put back into the earth for preservation till the dog desires to chew me up once more. A fatal ritual. I was marked for the death of being buried alive. The fate of a zombie. The bullies of my past hit me today, and they ran, running so fast I could not identify them. My adversary has summoned me. Should I answer? A rendezvous with disaster would be chaos. Nothing unjust could ever possess redeeming qualities. So why even bother? I am no angel, but I'm not a devil either. The hit and run ordeal was not a train wreck, but rather it was good medicine. It taught me to survive and to live. Each morning I awake, I testify, telling others of the goodness my soul has acquired from prayers that were uttered on my behalf. Some were my prayers, but many were the prayers of my mother and father. Life is no clandestine ball. Your shoes will wear out and your clothes will be torn. You determine how much wear and tear your belongings shall endure. It's according to your End of peace. And again, that was a poem entitled Hit and Run. Ladies and gentlemen, hope that you enjoyed that piece. I'm going to give a little background information. When I wrote that piece, the words just came. They just flowed. Sometimes you have a moment of reflection, reflection, so it's called when you're doing reflective writing. And your writing is a testimonial of times past, times present, and sometimes even times future, times which haven't yet arrived. Sometimes we foresee things and we write what we foresee before it even happens. And it is become reality. And the truth is, as I began to write, the words came. And they all fell in even places. 
and that poem was formed accordingly. And I often look at it as a mirror. When I experience writing in, in that manner, it's like looking in a mirror. Do you see what I see? You question yourself. What am I looking at about me? You're not looking at someone else and pointing out who and what they are or what they did and how it was done. You're looking at yourself. You're seeing who you are. And you're saying, wow, I have done some things I'm not too proud of. I have been some places I dare not go again. I have become somebody I don't even recognize. But I didn't get here overnight. There was a journey I traveled to arrive to this destination. And now I'm going back. I'm retracking. Why? Because I left something precious. And a lot of times, it's our souls, ladies and gentlemen. We have to go back so that we can collect, or shall I say, recover the fragments of our soul. Yes, the fragments of our soul. Your soul is precious. Your soul is the real you, the you that your maker, he possesses. You know why? Because that is what he made. That is that you that is so very precious. Guess what? He wouldn't dare give it to the devil. He wouldn't dare give it away because you are so precious to him. Yes, your soul is his. That is the part of you. You have to surrender. You have to say to your maker, I know I was formed. I know I was created for a good purpose. I know I'm here for a reason. But I'm not quite sure of the route I need to take. Help me. Guide me. Direct me. Show me the way. And guess what? He uses people. People. Ordinary people. Children, seniors, elders, your acquaintances, friends, and even foes to help you. Yes, he can make your enemies be at peace with you just so that you can fulfill your destiny. So I want to say to any and everyone tuning in tonight, especially to the artists, because we have too many starving and struggling artists in society. You need a home away from home. You need a circle of friends. This is a platform that was designed with you in mind. You can come and get your refueling, because it's important for artists to stay inspired. And this is an artist for artists communal environment. So it's a whole lot of love here. So if you need to be loved, you need some encouragement, you need some inspiration, 
this platform every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This platform is here for you. This is the Exceptional Civil Show, and it's called as such because it was designed by a writer, yes, a scribe for justice, and it was designed by a writer for writers. That was the original plan. But this show has evolved. It is not just for writers. It's for artists of all disciplines. We have so many artists in this world. We will not put art in a box. So literary artists, you were preferred first, but this platform is for more than just you. And that's a good thing. Don't feel slighted about that. That's a good thing. And I do want to say also, we are not, we do not segregate. We dissegregate on this platform. This show is not an all-black writers only forum or forum. This is for all artists united. So if you desire to collaborate with other artists that are of other ethnic groups, you are welcome to do that on this forum, on this platform. We are for the people. Power to the people. Power to the scribes. For justice, power to the writers, power to the poets. And yes, not only paid poets, we're also opening the mic tonight to the stage poets. These are your spoken word artists and freestylists. Yes, I am a hybrid. I'm a paid poet and a stage poet. I do both. And we have a lot of other artists that do both as well. We want you to know you're welcome here on this platform tonight. True artists free fall. Our artists are welcome from 8 till 9. You will hear original poems, and I'll spit out another one unless someone calls in. If not, our session number two begins from 10 to 11. We will have our free publishing tips hour from 9 till 10 p.m. That will be facilitated by our lead facilitator, Queen Zipporah Thelman. Okay. I think I will spit another power. Hold tight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to take you for a ride. I'm going to take you somewhere you've never been before. This is a good one. Are you ready? I am working on my very first collection of poetic short stories. So it's going to be something sweet, and it's going to have a narrative style. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. I know I will. Here we go. This is entitled Circuit Breakers. Take too much in and the brain becomes overwhelmed. The emotions are too high strung and the body shuts down. 
circuit breakers are the release, the crying, the laughing, the sighing, and the gasping, the breathers that aid us in compensation for when we are hurting but must continue on in this life. With no circuit breakers, there will be no de-escalation, no way of diffusing from things that overstock us to burn us out. We need perks and we need pots. These are forms of circuit breakers. They grant us a release mode, a term to refrain from pain, to receive pleasure even though it's but only for a moment. Don't decline from the wine that makes one merry. The salt in the wound needs this remedy. Laugh and cry. Mourn and dance. This will open the wound to receive the healing style. Be strong to combat the air when it is heavy. Too much weight to allow in through the window of your mind. Keep the door shut to it when the atmosphere induces fear. It will hamper joy and override your circuit of life. Prepare for the winter when it's summertime. Be present tense when developing strategies of conflict resolution. See the end from the beginning. Walk in victory before and after the storm. The way you encounter conflict determines the if and when you will overthrow it. Smell the roses when they are in the dirt. Expect them to grow and abound in the garden of life. Oppose drought and it can become your harvest. Tell the winds what to carry to your door. Lift the air with the song of victory. Testify in word and deed of what makes you glad. Circuit breakers are the crowns of life that if worn will prevent us all from failure. Circuit breakers appease us when times are hard. They lay down the foundation for an attitude of gratitude. They enable us to walk through the flames of conflicts and fires of tragedy. Circuit breakers discontinue the river flow of adversity and promote the stream of life. Circuit breakers deny the seeds of despair the opportunity to rise and swell up within your mind, to wreak havoc like a tsunami that can whisk one so far from their estate and deploy them as shark bait to become the Pray of predators. Kill joy is the culprit of the many devices that taunt us, that cause our hearts to stop for fear, corrupting our minds to weaken and become limp. Play in the hand of the perpetrator of mind control. Zero tolerance for manipulation of the mind, body, soul, and spirit is the evidence that circuit breakers are in use for sake of positive thinking. The healthier the body and heart, the more whole the individual. Circuit breakers, ladies and gentlemen, again, that was a poem an original poem by Sage the Poet. I hope that you enjoyed it. All right, at this time we have a caller. Welcome, caller. 
How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Good evening. I'm hearing you, but it sounds like your voice is very low. Can you uh, increase the volume so our listening audience can hear you fully? Thank you. Uh, can you hear me now? Is that better? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me now? Is that better? I, I can hear you, and it is much better. Please introduce yourself to the listening audience. Uh, this is Larry, the soulful poet. Okay, welcome, Larry Edwards, the poet, the musical artist. You're an artist on many levels. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can just give a little background information for our listeners, uh, tell them a little about yourself. And if you, too, host, let them know what show that you host and so forth. So they also can be a supporter of your show. Well, um, my name is Laurie D. Edwards Jr. I'm a two-time spoken word billboard award-winning national vocalist, Caliwood Indie Artist of the Year. Um, once again, I was born and raised in Virginia. Virginia. Um, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a number of years. I can't live in New York. Um, my nine-to-five, I as a client for a monitor for homeless shelter, um, artist, and Larry, I'm going to ask you. We we're hearing. It sounds like there's some sort of um, okay, static yeah. interference. Are you able to change the phone that you're using, or maybe uh, I'm not sure if there's a headpiece you have or alternate. Let me let me uh, alternate quite quickly. He's going. Okay. That will be good because we're hearing the sound. It, it it's kind of. Um, interfering with us hearing you, so I don't want us to want the listeners to miss out on hearing what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah, can, can you hear me? I can. I do hear it, it. It's just some static, but you are heard louder now. We can hear you let me, let me, better. Mm-hmm. Let me let me put it on. How is that? Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, um. My name is uh, Larry Edwards, and once again, I was, I'm a two-time spoken word Billboard award-winning best male vocalist. Um, yeah, I currently reside in New York City. I've um, done a lot of shows here and there. I've traveled the East Coast a lot. Um, just hit my page up, uh, Larry D. Edwards on Facebook. And I um, currently have a couple of shows that are coming up. I've opened up for the Delphonics, Jaguar Wright. Um, and I'm also the member, uh, and hopefully my brethren is listening, listening of the P-O-E-T movement headed by Black Ice. And uh, my family, hopefully they're listening. Uh, Larry Senior, my father, who was a great influence, hopefully he's listening. And, um, you know, he's also... Him and my mother, Gloria Taylor Edwards, uh, have been avid supporters as well as yourself. But um, I do have a piece that I would like to share. Wonderful. Um, We're definitely excited because, of course, tonight is open mic. It's for true artists. I'd like to refer to it as a true artist free fall. Come in where you fit in. And bring your artistry and your talentry. Bring it raw, uncooked. Yes. <laughs> no preservatives. We like yes. it that way. <coughs> Definitely. You. And thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. 
Um, as Laurie Edwards has shared, he's a two-time male vocalist, expert, uh, winner, and counting. You know, you cannot limit yourself. When you're an artist, you, you're in it to win it always. So we look forward yeah. to hearing more and more uh, of his uh, continuous accolades because we know that he's going to keep setting goals and reaching them. And uh, he's going to give us something raw tonight, so I hope that you came anxious to listen and to be inspired because that's exactly what's going on. And Lara, Mike is now returned to your hands. Definitely. Thank you. This uh, first piece is called uh, What Really Matters. What really matters What really matters What's all this chitter-chatter? We constantly speaking of Black Lives Matter. Every time a cop kills an innocent African-American, the same instance another sister or brother is killing each other. And I don't just mean physically. We can talk about racist cops and injustice all day long. But what about the way we treat each other? It's the same song. We put each other through so much inner turmoil. It makes my blood boil. If we knew our damn heritage, we would understand our worth was royalty. We want, we were kings and queens and rulers of the world, and we went to slaves, puppets, self-haters, <laughs> to a people of disloyalty. We never understood the value of our net worth, but we continue to frivolously spend our dollars to support Babylon slash American economy. We're so arrogant, full of pride and deceit when it comes to hurting each other. But when the powers that be stand up to us, we just as docile and subservient and scared of building our own autonomy. So I pose this question. Does a black life really matter? We're entrenched in our own self-oppression with jealousy, malice, deception, reverse psychology, etc., which we make each other targets of our own self-induced slave-filled aggression. We continue to fall for the traps that have been laid. Pure victims of Willie Lynch have been displayed. We are so divided by so many things, so I think it fell on empty ears when Dr. King's dream, when he made these words, let freedom ring. But really, in hindsight, all lives really do matter. All races, colors, and creeds, we're all God's children. But the reality is, amongst the races, is a serious division that can be seen with exact precision. But also the reality is that racism is an evil plague that contaminates us all. But unfortunately for people of color, it has plagued us and it's been self-inflicted. And unfortunately, we've internalized our own dismay and revel in dysfunction, chaos, and disarray. So what really matters? What really matters? What really matters? 
in peace. Awesome, awesome. Uh, <coughs> just a few questions. Um, is that a piece that you recently wrote, or was that written some time ago? And if you can just tell us a little background about how that piece was composed, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. Well, um, I wrote it recently. I think I wrote it. I started writing it a few weeks ago, and I recently finished it at work. And I was just thinking, you know, um, you know, not to step on any toes, but I'm not going to be politically correct when I say this. It just bothers me that we're talking about Black Lives Matter, but we're not showing each other that we matter. We don't support each other. We don't uh, uh, get behind each other. We don't galvanize. Uh, and this is no knock on other races or anybody that's listening on the phone lines, um, you know, because uh, my music, I want my music to touch all people and all races and all creeds and all colors. But the reality within our race, uh, African-Americans, I, I just don't think we take strong enough stands in our communities when it comes to uh, certain things. Um, especially uh, the thing where people say stop snitching and all this other stuff, but it's like this tough warlike behavior that we have with each other. We don't have it when it comes to taking on police brutality, and I'm not advocating any kind of violence whatsoever, but it's just interesting to me how you see uh, these so-called hardcore street thugs and when the police are doing their damage to one of our brothers or sisters in the community, all they can do is pull out their cell phones, you know? And like I said, I'm not advocating any violence or anything like that. Or, you know, it's just that when I look at history and I looked at the uh, black Panthers and I looked at some of the more rebellious type, uh, well, people want to say rebellious. I'm not going to say rebellious. I'm talking about, uh, I don't even want to say militant because I don't even think that that's fair. I'm going to say people that stood up because it's only but so much you're going to take before you unleash. And I I don't think we need to put those people in, in, in a category because I think to say that someone is militant or rebellious for standing up for what's really right is, is an insult to them because it's like we're trained to be docile and, Oh, uh, you know, you're supposed to accept what goes on and, and turn the other cheek. But if people really studied that, you know, and some Christians might frown upon this, but if you really studied the true history of Jesus, uh, Yahshua, his Hebrew name, he stood up and he did, he did go to war. He kicked over tables. He, 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 he smacked some of his disciples. You know, and it, like I said, I'm not advocating violence, but it's just that people, when you take too strong of a stand, they want to call you militant and all this other stuff. But, you know, and when people are being. they call you the devil. That's what they did to Christ. They called him the devil. Yeah. As soon as you mm-hmm. start standing up for for things that are worth standing for, that's when you get labeled. And it's never a good one. It's always something negative. I look at what Kaepernick is going through, the um, NFL player. Uh, The Supreme uh, Court Justice Liberal, Ginsburg, just said that he was dumb and that it was Hmm. stupid. And I was surprised that coming from someone from the intellectual community, the academia community, to say dumb when someone is exercising their amendment right, that's not 
herself. Exactly. He's politically more politically correct than she was with this statement she made. So I yeah. think, you know, what we have to keep in mind is to thine own self be true. Because even with Black Lives Matter, if you notice, Black Lives Matter is being supported by not all blacks. There are some no. blacks that aren't even supporting that. <laughs> I've seen more people, when I've gone to rallies and, and, and witnessed events up close and personal, I've seen more people of other ethnic groups that were non-black supporting the movements and the rallies and, and, and what they're doing and their, their causes and so forth. So don't get sidetracked by hearing the word black and thinking that it's a black thing because it's not really. It's called a human rights thing because... Like you said, after so many years of oppression, after so many years of discrimination, any people, and I believe it was Langston Hughes that said it, you know, woe to, he said, you know, the the blacks, the Negroes, they, you know, so docile, so weak. But woe on that day when they rise up. And see, this is what the, um, and I'm going to say it, I, I ain't worried <laughs> about being politically correct. I hope mm-hmm. this show, they can shut it off. I could care less because I'll just have another one on a different network. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just keeping it real. But um, the reality is the majority race for so long has been in power. They have been the power player community. They have been able to designate what goes on within society for so long. And why is it that now they are feeling threatened by us? Do you ever yeah. think about it? Why is it that now? Because Is it because now they see there's a uh, first family that actually is black? Is mm-hmm. that the issue? Because you have a commander-in-chief that holds the most powerful seat in this nation, and he's not white-skinned? Is this the issue <laughs> we're dealing with? I mean, you know, really, because for so long, you know, they've been comfortable and, and pretty much complacent in their positioning, and now I guess it's so many of us that are in positions of affluence. It's not just, you know, I'm not just going to go with the federal um alone, you know, so many of us that are in positions of affluence as mm-hmm. a whole, locally, you can see it in your cities, statewide, you can see it there too. And I guess yeah. maybe they're feeling threatened at this point, the majority. And I'm talking about, you can call them the one percenters, the elitists, whatever you want to call them, but they're all pretty much white-skinned and they've been in control. And they, they yeah. control the banks. You know, they've been in power for a long time, and I guess now they're seeing is more of us, the minorities, so they call us, than of them. <coughs> hey, well, well, this is what happens <laughs> in life. I mean, you know, go roll with the punches. Why are you whining? Well, well, well you know First what's funny discrimination is, uh, now. <laughs> I, I, really? For real? You, you know what's funny? He gets called out for not standing up for the flag. But um, nobody took, well, I mean, a lot of people took stands against police brutality, but I didn't hear mm-hmm. none of these elitists come out and say that this is wrong, um, this is un-American, 
since they want to use the term unpatriotic. So I guess it's patriotic, excuse my language, for a police officer to kick a, a, a black man or anybody of color's ass and that, oh, they're doing their job when, you know, who was the last brother? He was unarmed and uh, I think he was in Louisiana. I can't think of his name. And he held his hands up um, and they still came towards him. He didn't resist any kind of arrest, but because he was a large size black man, uh, they went in on him, killed him. Eric Garner is another one, old case, but the police officer that put him in a chokehold, they said that the chokehold would have been forbidden since 1993. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the chokehold that he used not only killed the guy, but when he was tried in court, he gets off. He he got arraigned, acquitted rather, excuse me. So I'm thinking, okay, nobody's making any type of uh, uh, noise and saying that, oh, this is un-American, this is unpatriotic, police brutality needs to stop. But as soon as um, Colin Kaepernick or anyone made a stand, and, and what really bothered me, and I don't even care if he's listening, mm-hmm. is certain athletes, black athletes, one of them being uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and I was very surprised. And if you noticed, when they said, I don't understand why he didn't take the stand when he first came into the league, but none of these guys spoke up when it came to the police doing what they did. None of them. And uh, and this is where where, where I question the Black Lives Matter thing. And I'm not questioning the the elitists. I'm questioning us because you you see clearly – and, but, and just because you have money well, or have influence. When you say Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter protested, and they also organized protests from state to state <coughs> after each of those shootings of unarmed black men. Uh, oh, yeah. The problem is we have people of color that have affluence, meaning wealth, that are not standing and uniting together and saying, we will not sit back and watch as this is happening to our brothers that may not be in the same class as we are. They may not be making the millions or however many uh, thousands of dollars uh, per day as we do, but they matter. It's like I matter, he matters, she matters, and I'm standing in solidarity. That's where there's a disconnect in our community. We still have the haves versus the have-nots. You have the privileged versus the non-privileged. That has to end because as long as classism exists within the black community, that's what the oppressor works off of. They'll use that weapon and device against us every time to separate us. Like you had the house slave. I think it was Michael Max that gave that speech. You have the Uh house slave. Versus the ones in the field, because, you know, the ones in the house was lighter or whatever, and they were able to, you know, be inside. And then the the field um, slaves were the ones that had to be outside. And, and even there, you know, that was the beginning of the separation of our people. We really study our history. We'll know why we're like we are. We are. There's no mystery. Yeah. And we got yeah, undo it. And I say this. Let's be adults here. You know, Kaepernick, 
that young man, I thought about it, and I said, he's younger than I am. Most of them, they're in their 20s or what have you. Um, but mm-hmm. they're not afraid. They're saying, look, I know I wasn't around during the 60s and all that. And I know I didn't go through dogs being let out on me because, I, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to sit in, do a sit-in at a restaurant that didn't want to serve blacks. But that was still my people. That's what the younger generation is saying. That's still my people. They're still staying connected. So how dare we? Like you said, Shaquille O'Neal, I'm the same age as, like, Shaquille O'Neal now. How dare we, who our parents, most of us, our parents was the ones that was. Exactly. Yeah, the water holes was let out on them and all that. How dare we act like we're so far removed um, because of a few dollars, please. When it comes down at the end of the day, and I believe they're going to pull that rug from under so many of our people yeah. that, that are privileged and let them know, look, you still black at the end of the day, so, you know, black mm-hmm. stay back. That's it's it's, it's funny. It's funny because I, I remember having these same discussions uh, 15 years ago when I first entered the uh, educational field. And I used to work as a school teacher for a number of years in the field. I, I started off as a teacher's assistant, and then right. I went to – a teacher. And even with that, you know, I had a conversation and I would share this and I was embarrassed to share this, but at the time before I became a full-time teacher, I was a a teacher's assistant. And even with Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. in the educational field, you have this status. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I had to say, I had to talk with this uh, young lady, (laughs) African-American. And she was like, uh, when she found out that I got a full-time job, uh, as a special education teacher in Washington, D.C. And she made this comment. We were talking, and I'll never forget, it was two things she said. She said, uh, well, you're about to be professional. And I was like, what the hell do you mean about to be? I'm professional. I show up. I go to work. And I have uh, a position to help children just like you do. You just make a little bit more money, and you just have the title of teacher versus teacher assistant. You see what I'm saying? And basically, she was trying to brown nose and put me down at the time. And at the time, I'm, I'm young. I'm not too far removed from college. I'm like 23, 24. And I'm thinking, I have so many things under my belt that I do. At the time, I worked as a uh, part-time radio. Uh, I used to produce a radio talk show for one of the top radio stations in the in, in the country, a news station. And it kept me informed. And I was seeing how this status quo thing was really playing into you know, part. And then I noticed that she had a conversation with another student and well, a student and he was saying that he wanted to do construction. And she was like, well, why not have a position that's, that you could use your mind? That's bottom of the toll pole work. And I, I said to her, I was like, how are you going to put him down for his ambition? And if you want to push him to do anything, why not push him to be a lead foreman or get into architecture, which is a higher form of construction, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. So I said, and if it wasn't for people that did construction, you wouldn't be sitting in this classroom. You wouldn't be sitting in this building and you wouldn't even be writing on this chalkboard if there were not men and women who did construction to build places and facilities for you to teach. 
So how dare you sit and, and talk about it? And, and I said, it was so many, and the main people that did construction were our ancestors that, you know, mm-hmm. got their asses kicked, got bit by dogs, and protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you to sit here, or, or even me to sit here and have the jobs and the positions that I have. That's what amazes me about some of our people, man. We get this, like, we get a piece of the pie and... We forget not only where we came from, but we forget that somebody died and fought for you to even have that job. That's why when I go to my jobs every day, and I was fortunate to teach for a number of years, but I always thank God and I always say, you know what? Somebody died for me to get at least this position. I might not make the money I want to make, but I might be earning a decent living at that time to take care of what I need to take care of because somebody died. My father and my mother struggled and they borrowed all kinds of money so that I can go and get a what's called a degree mm-hmm. <laughs> for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. You know, and my father, no, he wasn't an architect. He wasn't rich. Neither was my mom. You know, they were working class people, you know. Um, they didn't have the education that I have or whatever else, but they fought so that I could get it. So when I hear people, especially like African-Americans or I'm going to just say African-Americans or blacks or whatever, when we start with that status quo elitist type crap in our race, it just it makes my blood boil. I just... I know I shouldn't let it get to me like that, but it just makes me like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, like 20, 30 years ago, you probably wouldn't be voting. And for you to act like this, <laughs> you know. The truth. What was it? Only about, what, a few hundred years ago, our people were uh, slaves here and had to become emancipated. So, and that's not too many years back. So it's like uh, for us to forget our um, past as far as as a people, it is just it, it's it's unwarranted and not justified for us to do that because you know it's the journey. You got to remember it's the journey. It's about the journey. At the end of the day, it's how you arrive to where you are. It's not the position you find yourself in. It's those trials, those tribulations, those obstacles you encountered. All those things made you. You know, it helped to build the character that you have. If you have good character, I'm hoping (laughs) that we all, you know, have some good character within us. But, you know, it's it's just a tragedy. It's a tragedy that we get caught up in that mindset where we think we're better than our neighbor, you know, because yeah. our paycheck has a few more zeros, you know, on the end than the next person. So, you know, that sets us in a rank above you know, them. You know, you know it's a ridiculous <laughs> rationale. It really is. You know, it inspired this, um, if I can, this this mm-hmm. next piece that I have. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you've ever, well, I'm sure you felt like this. It's called Find My Way. Uh, it's a little graphic, but it's just real. Mm-hmm. So here it is. <laughs> I'm so tired of this life, of being misled, of this painful journey I tread. 
I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired for the things I go through, have been through, and I ask God, will my patience expire? Some days I just wish I could run away to an island and have an on-call chicken spot, a liquor store, a sex partner, and just be at peace. You call this bullshit we live in life? I call it strife. We have to deal with so many ills in this ridiculous society. It comes in all forms of variety, from sexism to racism to crabs in a barrel, to insecurities, baggage, drama, undiagnosed mental illness, man-made religions, doctrines, and opinionated philosophies, etc. I could write a list of a lot of things, but for those who can relate, this is a sight to make your eyes sore. No matter how much you try to do the right thing, you feel like the weight of the world and life has got you caught up in this thing. Is this really life? Is this how life goes, or is it people in life's existence that have just been accustomed to pain and deception, which makes our tolerance grow? You have enough to focus on just trying to survive. Sometimes I need to get away from it all. just want to keep my head above water without letting my soul falter. Sometimes I pray for guidance. I try to keep pressing on no matter what, but I just hope at the end of this tunnel there's even a brighter light. That's that piece. Mm. Oh, my. That's a powerful (coughs) piece. It's all about reality and someone looking at the world not wearing rose-colored glasses, uh, seeing things as they really are and questioning them. You know, a lot of times, sometimes we can get caught up in the, uh, the state of being subjective and all these things that are going wrong in society, we think that, well, it's been wrong so long, this is just the way it is. Never accept wrong as a social norm. That's where we have to be as a people. Don't accept it because this is how our people have been treated forever here. That doesn't, that, the end doesn't justify the means. In that respect, wrong is wrong and right is right. And if we don't start saying, you know what, (coughs) I can't keep seeing this and not do something about this, then we're going to keep seeing what we've been seeing. And I think it's worth our next generation, the next generation is worth us fighting for them to not have to inherit the same bondage that has been inherited from years and years and years of oppression of a people here in this land. We can help them to overcome the things that maybe in our generation we didn't see them overcome yet, but it can happen in the next one. And it's going to take our community being united, as you brought out at the very beginning. We've got to start supporting each other. we got to start building our community back up because the Lord knows the community has been torn down. And we can only achieve this united. If we're divided, which has been the case, if we're divided and we're hating, like you said, black on black crime, at this time and at this day in, in America, black on black crime to be so 
scared. It shouldn't even be a conversation. <coughs> it should hardly nah. even be happening. I'm just keeping it real. All this stuff that, as a people, we have gone through, we should be so connected and united and so ready now to just fight together. We shouldn't be killing each other. That's and when we kill each rarity. other. I mean, it should be so rare where people on the news are like, Wow, uh, a black person killed a black person today. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like <laughs> we're not just killing each other physically, as I pointed out in the poem. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, even down to the little daily things, like, I mean, with sisters and brothers. Like, um, I'm going to bring up something, and ladies, I hate to bring this up, but I, I have to, they mostly my audience, but I got to deal with the truth. I mean, uh, you, you walk by, I've seen sisters walk by a group of sisters, and for whatever reason, the rest of them just grit on a sister. Oh, she thinks she's all of that. And I'm like, you don't even know her. Like, I even asked the young lady, I was like, what did she do to you to make her grit on her? Oh, well, she thinks she's cute. You Have you had a conversation with this person to even know what they think? And the excuses that come behind their logic is, oh, it's just a female thing. No, it's not a female thing. I refuse to accept that societal conditioning. It ain't got nothing to do with you being a female. Nothing at all. You know, that has something to do with something. And I had one to tell me, well, I'm a female. You know, we're unstable creatures. I was like, you may be an unstable creature, but don't put that on the rest of the female population, especially in our community. Because mm-hmm. I can show you ten other sisters it's not. So that's what we have to we have to squash. There's a lot of stereotypes and stigmas about black women in general, mm-hmm. and we yeah, got to stop is. them. And I, I I commend you being a black man for speaking to our black sisters because that's where it has to start. We've got to start speaking and addressing these issues within our own community. It shouldn't take somebody outside of our community coming and addressing those issues for us to start looking at ourselves. We need to start hearing each other, listening to each other, and caring enough to tell each other the Mm -hmm. truth. Because I know what you're talking about. And the way they taught us, for a lot of us, they said, oh, women are catty. That was the thing. Women are catty. Women do this. So in other words, you're saying this is a stereotype. You're saying that all females are like this? I beg you, not all are. And it's not even a color thing. I've seen whites do that to whites. But women, we've got to start standing up and saying to each other, we see each other wrong like that. Sister, you wrong. Pull back. Give that person a chance to prove who, who they are. Don't just be, you know. Don't just be hating, because sometimes yeah. it's jealousy, and that's really at the root of a lot of the, um, when you talk about division and, and isms and schisms, why there's cliques, a lot of times yeah. it's all because one group is jealous of the other group. You know, for whatever reason, jealousy, when that gets in the mix, that destroys the fiber of any and, and, and I'll tell you the problem with a lot of... Black men, I mean, it's not just women, you know, black men, I think we, a lot of us have too much testosterone when it comes to dealing with our women and 
dealing with each other. And I say this, and I challenge a lot of brothers on this. I'm all for being hardcore, but be hardcore about taking care of your family. Being Be hardcore about getting up and go to work. You know, I watch my father do this every day. You know, be hardcore about making sure that certain things is flowing right in your life and not have any hurt, harm, or danger come to your children or your wives and, and things of that nature. Now, all of that other machismo and, you know, oh, I got a bigger whatever. Oh, I got this. I got, you know, it's just pointless. And Donald <laughs> you know. Trump, I look at it like this. It was the thing, the comment he made about Ken, <laughs> about one of the other uh, uh, persons in in Congress. And he said, oh, well, you can look at his hands and just about say how big his, uh, and then he didn't say what he was talking about. I mean, men <laughs> are saying these things about each other. It's like, are you serious? At that point, we're more concerned about what's going on in your mind, not how big your hands or anything else is. But, you know, well, first society, I'm just, I just use him because, you know, he's just all out there with it. You know what I mean? Like you said, machizo and, and all this testosterone. Well, you know, you know what's funny about that job. is I'm not, and this is no direct hit on anybody of any affiliation or orientation, but like I told somebody before, and this goes for men and women, if you are really concerned about what, I have on and what's in my pants and what you think I think and what I think I'm talking about, then it's something about me that you like. And I'm going to wonder, is it, you know, are you attracted to me? Let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because think, think about it. I, I, when I go up and, and I go out in the community and I go, you know, to handle my business, Listen, I expect people to look neat and clean and just like I want to be neat and clean, but I'm not trying to see what kind of shoes anybody has on. I'm not, I mean, as long as nothing is out of place and unkempt, I'm not concerning myself with what's in and out of somebody's whatever, you know. I'm going to deal with you as a regular person. And if you feel that intimidated or if you feel that much concern about what somebody has and what they're doing, then obviously you're lacking some type of self-identity. Donald Trump is just a plain idiot just looking for publicity. You know, he's been put up there. I, I don't even pay anything he says anymore. He's got yeah. enough publicity to, to sit on. If he never do anything else in his life, I think he done, he done gave himself a reputation where he don't need to do anything for publicity, unfortunately. And it's just a shame, though, to see this is where – like, I look at the Republican Party. They have been the party that represented family values, um, faith. You know, there were certain morals, high morals and standards that that party held. And, and to see where now their leading candidate representing their party is the total opposite, it's just it's crazy. And mm-hmm. I know that's causing a lot of um, mayhem for a lot of Republicans. And, and remember, you got to remember, Republicans come, Republicans come in all colors. In yeah, all colors. Do. It's not a white party. I don't know who started that. As a matter of fact, my grandmother schooled me. Um, years ago, after <coughs> the Depression, it was a Republican president 
that said there should never be any family to go hungry in America one night. And then the welfare system, and that was Franklin D. Roosevelt. He was not Democrat. So when a lot of people say the Democrat Party is for blacks, they don't know the history. It was not the Democrat Party that started a lot of things that really was to help those that were low income and those that didn't have. So we need to really know the history of a lot dealing with politics, and we really need to look at what's going on. I think it's a sign. It's a sign of the times, really what we're seeing now with the uh, Republican Party and who their representative is um, in this upcoming presidential candidate. It's for us to realize, look, we need to take our civic duty a little more seriously for those who are registered to vote, and I do need to pull the plug for this. Um, if you have not yet registered and if your state registration deadline has not arrived, I am saying to you, do not remain unregistered. This is a very important upcoming election. If you have not yet registered and your state deadline register has not yet arrived, please, as soon as you can, make that deadline date. Do not let it come without you registering because this is a very important upcoming election. We need everyone to vote who can. If you are eligible to vote in the United States, if you are a citizen, if you are of age, this is the election you do want to make certain to vote in. And I do need to say that this is very important. At this time, we have our co-host, Queen Zipporah Thelman, and I do want to apologize, Queen Zipporah, um, for not pulling you in. I wasn't uh, looking at the uh, queue and seeing that you had come in, but I do want to welcome you. This is now your time. You facilitate this hour. We deal with the uh, publishing tips, and if anyone has any questions pertaining to writing, call in. The number is 724 444-7444. Four 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 seven four four four. I repeat seven two four 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 seven four four four. The call ID is one three three one nine three one three three one nine three. And press the pound key one three three one nine three. Press the pound key. Queen Zipporah, welcome. Thank you, Queen Fran. I'm fine. And how is everyone tonight? Uh, just fine. Can you hear me, mm. uh, that's And that's Larry Edwards. He's a mm. uh, poet, recording artist, two-time mm-hmm. Billboard uh, male vocalist winner, and so much more. Um, do you remember uh, Larry called in, I believe, last week? Wait, who are you talking to? some poetry and music. Are you talking to me, Queen Friend? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Laurie who? Sorry, I don't remember. Oh, okay, Larry Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember, yeah, uh-huh. And shared a lot of good input. Uh, there were some articles yeah. he, um, we mm-hmm. called on him and asked him to share input uh, in reference to them, and he provided very good input. So we're really glad to have him back on this evening. We're going to oh, start oh, our open oh, mic oh. after publishing Tips mm-hmm. Hour, and the mic is now in your hands, Queen Zippor. All right. Thank you, Queen Fran. I just want to um, comment on what Laurie was talking about, not just on the poem, but, you know, the whole, like, issues that, um, know what's happening now and the current events. Yes. And, you know, he put some really good, you know, in other words, he just 
how can I put it? He just uh, hit the, um, he fired the arrow on the spot. <laughs> the bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was uh, talking about, you know, with the teacher, you know, and uh, what that teacher did to you, Laurie, I'm speaking to you, is uh, she was identifying with the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And all of that is in connection with, you know, prejudice of how, you know, black versus black, you know, it's, you know, from the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yes, and so when you were talking about the the classism, Queen Fran, you know, classism is another weapon that oppresses you against blacks. And blacks are doing these things and not knowing that, you know, they're by them take, not knowing that they're taking sides, you know, with the oppressor. And it's an empowerment. Mm. Mm. So it is a power. It's that lust to be in charge, that lust to be in power or to be in control that drives us to... We're not, yeah, not, we are yeah, not power, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, not power, P O W R, but empowerment, E M like Matt, P O W E R M E N T. The lust for empowerment. Mm-hmm. Now I use empowerment in a proactive light. Mm-hmm. I'll say to someone words, positive affirmations, because I know that's empowerment for them. And I usually target a person that I see as vulnerable or displaying some sort of a weakness, whether emotionally or mentally, and that'll be the one I'll say the positive affirmation to for empowerment mm-hmm. purpose. Because I know that once they're empowered, they're not going to be in that same state of mind or emotionally in that state that they're in. Yeah, I yes. I understand your usage of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but the way that I was using it, because of what Laurie was saying, especially that with females and when blacks do, you know, correct each other about identifying with the aggressor, then, you know, it's a, uh, it's a destroyer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing that I have to say is why we're seeing what we're seeing in mm-hmm. society here in America is for another reason. The educational system, itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched a video on this, and this was one of the women who was responsible. I think her father was one of the key people responsible for mm-hmm. public education um, here in America. And she did a whole doc- documentary on this. And she said, mm-hmm. the public schools of America were not designed to emancipate mm-hmm. or to um, uh, I, um, the word to liberate, to emancipate or to liberate, but it was as a means for control for the majority population to control the minority population. So in other yeah. words, the way education was being implemented was not to empower us, mm-hmm. but to enslave us. And when I heard this coming out of the mouth of a Caucasian woman whose mm-hmm. father was instrumental in public education becoming accessible in American society. I said, whoa. And it's no wonder then that the education curriculum in the majority of public schools left out so much about, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. yes, every yeah. race but, of course, mm-hmm. the European race 
and a majority mm-hmm. being the ones that came here and colonized mm-hmm. America. Yeah, and I also want to um, connect to what you had just said. Where it was more of a question. Where is all this? Uh, how is where was all this hidden history buried, and how is it you know uncovering itself? <laughs> and you know what? It was so strange. So many. If you were asked a youth today, who who was the first president of this nation? They are all going to mm-hmm. say George Washington because that's what they were right. taught. They don't right. even know about the Moorish heritage yeah, of America and how they presided here first before yeah. George Washington. They don't even uh, know. And the, on, yeah. in that tale about mm-hmm. George Washington cutting down the cherry tree, that was <laughs> symbolism showing how he ended the Moorish rule in America. Remember, the Moors wore the red hats, the feathers. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that, that a lot of the stories we were taught – they were symbols. The mm-hmm. things that were in these stories were symbolism, and they represented mm-hmm. something. But you got to do research to know that. And a lot of yeah. people don't do. Yeah, research. that's why, uh-huh. and that's why I was uh, asking. You know, how where is this uh, information hidden, and uh, how is it un- uncovering itself? You know how it's <laughs> uncovering itself. I, I must, I must give thanks to Bill Gates on this one thing: the internet. Mm-hmm. The Internet, you can go and look this stuff up. I mean, I was shocked. One night I said, you know what, I'm just going to look and I'm just going to see if I can mm-hmm. find some stuff here. And I just started yeah. doing some searches, just, just random searches, and all the sources that I came up with, even you can get libraries, you can connect with the Harvard Library, the D.C. Library. You can connect with so many sources and get so much. I mean, mm-hmm. we're privileged in this day and time. We we have the internet, and I just think some people don't make use of mm-hmm. having the internet to its fullest extent I, as they yeah. should. It's well, a lot. Yeah, and, it's mm-hmm. a lot that we can uh-huh. get. To. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Queen Francis, Queens of Poor. And uh, speaking on the internet, you know, here's another connection where somebody wrote the quote: "Don't believe everything that you read on the internet." And Abraham Lincoln. Now, if that was supposed to be funny, it worked. <laughs> And that's true. You have to do your own research. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to study and acquire information from more than one source and then weigh things out. Or you'll mm-hmm. never know the full truth. You'll yeah. never. It'll be, like you said, mm-hmm. it'll be hidden. And a lot of people say, you know, the library, uh, you know, you got to really get more than one text and, and weigh them all out. Compare and find out which which is valid, which is a valid source. Please, yeah. I wanted to you know interject right quick. Sure. Hello? And please give your um, name. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh this is Larry, I guess. This is for our audience so they know who we are when we're talking. Thank you. Oh, Larry Edwards. Um, I'm, I, I just wanted to say quickly, because uh, I know I don't want to cut into our time, but I want to give props to my mother and my father, uh, Gloria Edwards, uh, as far as the research goes, because I learned a lot of things at 15 years old. I did the research by the hardware before there was the internet and all of this other stuff. I was reading uh, The Valley of the Dry Bones by Rudolph R. Windsor. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, he's an uh, author out of Philadelphia. I read Christmas, the Great Ripoff by Mamadi Nayasuma, an author out of Washington, D.C. I read uh, Kwanzaa. 
Kanjufu, uh, the conspiracy to destroy little black boys. But I was reading a lot of this stuff uh, in the in the early '90s before the internet even came out. I was really taught, and, and people like to say knowledge of self. I just call it knowledge. I was really acquiring knowledge at a very young age, and it happened so rapidly and quickly that it was it was really scary. So it's just uh, when people are talking about things about the Illuminati and the Masonic Order and all this stuff, and <laughs> like they've discovered some new information, and I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I was reading up on this stuff like 20 years ago with the pyramid and the eye on the dollar. You know, it's been over 23 years ago. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that to, you know, brag or anything like that. I'm saying this to make a point that the knowledge has always been out there. You know, it's just that nobody, we were so conditioned and programmed that we just didn't think to pick up a book, you know, well, <laughs> or a lot of us. all of us, because some <clears throat> of us, we were readers, you know, or we came up yeah. in homes where, you know, it was a pro-literacy environment. So a lot of us had <coughs> in our homes and we had books and historic books and we had, you know, Richard Wright uh, novels and things like that and where we were able to question a lot of things that was going on to, in society and we were encouraged mm-hmm. to do so. But with the Internet, it takes it to the next level because now – you don't yeah. have to spend like we had to do, and we had to spend our money to different <coughs> pages because some books they didn't let you take out the library. Now yeah. you can go online, and it's fast. Remember, yeah. that's the yeah, benefit that's the of the Internet is, is fast access. Mm-hmm. And, again, yeah. I will think um, not just Bill Gates, uh, the African-American man that was responsible for actually creating the motherboard. See, there's a lot of history a lot of us don't even know about mm-hmm. the city. But um, our people have always, and again, um, I'll give <coughs> Bell gets the credit for the light bulb, but we know the man that built the filament was a slave. Yep. So, see, it's a lot of things. Louis Latimer. Our, exactly. Who was also mm-hmm. responsible for the cotton gin. Um, when yep. we talk about the cotton and, and refinement of cotton into clothes today, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge where would America be today? Um, again, this nation was built on the slaves of blacks is a reality. A lot of the major inventions, even uh, with uh, um, Ford, with mm-hmm, the uh, yeah. car, that mm-hmm. was a slave. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, the yeah. First, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And don't forget, Garrett A. Morgan invented the traffic light. Oh, yeah. Washington, D.C., was literally designed by a Moor, Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin Banneker, yeah. It's so much people don't really <coughs> know. Even the White House yeah. itself, and, and it's very uh, blueprint and design. The soles of, of the shoes that you wear. Are responsible. The anything, go outside, point to anything you want to point to. Mm-hmm. People of mm-hmm. color were responsible for that thing being created. The soles of our shoes that we wear. Jan Metzger, mm-hmm. who was a Caribbean immigrant, he developed that. See, a lot of people don't notice these things. Mm-hmm. Every natural product that you could think of, I'm not going to say every, but mostly the natural products, the peanut, George Washington Carver, most of the most important resources that were developed in this country were by African Americans. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why. That's <laughs> we're not talking smack, we're talking fact. Mm-hmm. This is fact. 
And and the bottom line is, if you can't love who you come from, knowing that truth, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. And we still hating each other and knowing yeah. that. We need to seriously check ourselves. Yeah. And, 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 Queen and, and get this yeah. thing right. Yeah. yeah, and Queen Fran, this is Queen Zipporah also with connecting with identifying with the aggressor is that, you know, blacks believe that if that they would not be suffering if fellows were dead. And therefore that's why there's black versus black, you know, or rather non white versus non white civil war. Wow. Some actually believe if some of us were dead, we would not be discriminated against, oppressed, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, lynched, whatever you want to call it, gunned down when we don't have mm-hmm. weapons on us by mm-hmm. the, the police. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Again, it's the yeah. school of thought. What school of thought mm-hmm. are you of? Yeah. It's the mind. And, uh, and I also want to connect what you said about the Internet. That's why there are certain websites being removed. And I remember on one episode when I had read about read an article, and when I went to uh, to the website, it was gone. Oh, yeah. I have experienced that, where mm-hmm. there would be certain links I shared with them or someone shared with me, and they were available. Then all of a sudden, they're removed off of YouTube, or all of a sudden they're removed off of an accredited Mm-hmm. site where information is allowed to be posted. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. How did this happen? Now this isn't available? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, or not yeah. found. That's another thing. Yeah. It's not found. And I know the link mm-hmm. was there. I know the source link was there. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. when you go, it's not found. I said, well, somebody um, removed it. And it had yeah. to be administratively <laughs> done because mm-hmm. you cannot put something on the net and and not be an administrator to remove it. Because mm-hmm. there are certain pages yeah. I'm an administrator of. There's one mm-hmm. uh, uh, for people of color who write and who read. Mm-hmm. Nobody can post on there and and have it remain on there but an administrator. Mm-hmm. So if something's removed, then I know, okay, one of the other administrators removed it. So that lets yeah. you know you got people that are overseeing what's mm-hmm. being shared online. So you do have to be discreet too. Like some things I won't even inbox message. I'll just email somebody. Because I don't, you know, yeah. just yeah, to make sure they get it, you know. Yeah, because what it is, Queen Fran, is Queen's support is the fear that's removing the truth. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're destroying it. <laughs> and then they forget truth, truth can die. Mm-hmm. Lies eventually fail. And that's why so many people are enlightened today, and they're like, oh, my God, all this time I was thinking this, I was thinking that, and I thought that George Washington was the first president. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then we found out it I'm wasn't. like, well, just, you didn't dig enough. Yeah. When you start uh-huh. digging and start doing research, that's how you find things, even archaeologists. Now yeah. the archaeologists dig, they're yeah. digging a lot deeper than they used to years ago, and that's how they found there were pyramids mm-hmm. underneath the pyramids. There were mm-hmm. cities underneath cities. Atlanta. And we have never found and discovered <laughs> that if they didn't dig. So it's like mm-hmm. sometimes you got to do mm-hmm. more digging. You got to do more research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Queen Fran, this is Queen Zipporah. I want to start my uh, publishing hour now. Yes. 
All right, so I have four pieces of writing advice and four, oh, I got four and four, <laughs> and four articles to read. All right, so I'm starting with the advice. Number one, brand plus size equals prices. Number two, beware of agents without clients' list. Three, the business side of publishing makes writers detectives also. And four, art surrounds life and therefore is alive. Mm. Let's go back to one. Can you reread one for everybody? Sure. Number one, brand plus size equals prices. And that was brand plus size? Yeah, brand plus, P-L-U-S, size. I'm putting it oh, as an brand. Yeah, brand, B-R-A-N-D. Right, brand plus size equals priceless, you said. Prices, P-R-I-C-E-S. C-E-S. Oh, prices, brand plus yeah. size. Now, that's interesting. Can you um, further elaborate on that for our listening audience? All right. Sure. Say, for example, you have a well-named brand. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just going to make up a brand. I'm going to call it, you know, Ocean. All right, and then you take the size of the Ocean product. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, if it's small, medium, or large. And then you put, you know, your price, you look at the price, and they're going to be different according to the size. Mm, and that is fact. That's true. That's mm-hmm. fact. Yes, indeed. And that's mm-hmm. with any product, mm-hmm. it applies. That That's um, yes. definitely, in, in the business world, that's definitely a um, standard mm-hmm. because it applies to any product. Whatever the size of the unit, it does affect the price. Mm-hmm. So if you want more, you're going to have to pay more for for uh, an increase in that unit size. Right. And we all know, like, if you bought a small, it, it's one price. If you buy a medium, sometimes it, it's a few dollars more. And a large and an extra large. It, it's like the price increases. Mm-hmm. You know, pending the uh, the size of it of the item. Mm-hmm. No, you turned it on already. Now there also is where if you buy a lot, what they call a group rate discount. Mm-hmm. If you buy a lot of a product, you get a discount mm-hmm. based on how much you buy, meaning mm-hmm. you have to buy in bulk for that. Yeah, and also it depends. This is Queen for uh, the poor. It also depends on you know, like if there, are, um, you know, you said the discount, like ten percent, twenty percent, et cetera. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I definitely know, even for authors, because mm-hmm. for um, for authors you are prone to doing book signings, and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, order a certain number of books for your book signing. So they always say go for the largest unit size because mm-hmm. you're going to get that group rate discount. So if you're going to put in the order for 20, 
you'll get more of a discount than you would if you were just putting in an order for 10. So they'll usually say try to order 25 in bulk, and you'll get a nice group rate discount per each bulk. So that's just a little information shared for those who are authors. Just keep that in mind. You want to get that group uh, rate discount when you have to place orders for your book in the event that you're doing a book signing. So the more right. the merit, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I was writing as you talked. Mm-hmm. I see. Order 25 yeah. copies. I just wanted to share that example in case something sure. already no know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and also uh, I have a question, you know, regarding that, about mm-hmm. the, uh, the book signings. Don't, you know, the uh, fans bring their books, you know, for the authors to autograph? Mm-hmm. Now, you were saying, um, I'm sorry, repeat that? Sure. Assassin. Don't the fans bring their books to the book signers for the author to autograph? Oh, yes, they do. And then you have some that they may not already have the book, and they'll be mm-hmm. they'll buy it there and then take a, oh, book, take a picture or a selfie with the author as the mm-hmm. author is signing your book. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would always encourage authors to buy because mm-hmm. you will sell them there. There are those, of mm-hmm. course, that will come bringing the book and you sign it, but there are those that will buy it that don't already have it. And sometimes they're hearing whatever it is that you're sharing at that book signing. That is what will encourage the sales. And they'll be like, oh, I like that part they read, that excerpt from the book. You know what? I'm going to buy two of the books. I'm going to buy one for me and one for my daughter mm-hmm. or one for me and one for my, you know, sister or my friends. So, yeah, you always want to still order. Mm-hmm. I would say at least go for go for 25 mm-hmm. unless you know it's a little book club meeting <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. going to a book club. Um, they're having you to come and to discuss your book because that book club of maybe only 10 people are going to, you know, have you as their their um, feature artist and special guest, then that's a different situation. Then you want to have at least mm-hmm. 10 copies of your book. Mm-hmm. All right, good info. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right, well, there aren't any more questions from my writing advice. <clears throat> I'm going to move now, on to the article. You know what? So, you had gave one, and if we can take time and just kind of elaborate on all four, mm-hmm. if you can go to two and then elaborate on that, and then if anyone has any input, they can interject. All right, sure. All right, number two, beware of agents without clients of list. And what that means is if you go to a, um, you know, you go to the bookstore and you look in the acknowledgement pages for, you know, the um, the author's client, I mean, excuse me, the author's agent, well, when you go online, you know, at the uh, agency's um, website and look for the author's list and then you can, um, and they, you'll know who their clients are, you know, because there are, you know, scammers that come out in disguise as this way, is that they'll post up their website and, you know, to catch the people who just, you know, want an agent for representing their book, but they will not, you know, writers won't take the time. They'll, you know, go under that assumption slash the power of uncertainty 
and they'll feel that, you know, this is an agency that, you know, knows what he or she is doing, you know, getting the, representing the writers and all, but they will not, you know, in other words, you know, read about the agency and, you know, how many books they sell, how many deals that they've done, you know, for people and where the books are sold. So that's why, you know, I say this repetitively about calling bookstores to find out if, you know, the client's book is on the shelf. I mean, yes. of course, they're going to be on Amazon, you know, online, but you want to see if it's on the physical bookshelf still. That's right. And I just mm-hmm. want to add to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was my first book that I had published, Book of Poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I was told it would be available online in online bookstores, mm-hmm. but also in the brick bookstores. That's good. So I did, like you said, I, I said, let me do the research here and let me mm-hmm. call and find out. And I wanted to find out with Barnes & Noble because it was a particular mm-hmm. location, Barnes & Noble. I wanted to tell a person they can go there mm-hmm. yeah. and find a book. So when I called, they told me the book wasn't available. I said, oh, whoa. I said, well, I'm the author. And I know that was a part of my sign agreement mm-hmm. with Infinity Publishing that it will be mm-hmm. also available in the uh, brick bookstores. And then they said, well, wait a minute. Um, hold on, because we do have some books in the warehouse. Mm. They're not on the shelf in the store, but they're in the warehouse. Well, lo and behold, the book was in the warehouse. Mm. And someone made mention to me, books that stay in the warehouse, <clears throat> they base it on sales. So if a lot of people aren't buying your book, don't leave it in the warehouse until they start buying it because what bookstores profit off of is how many people are coming in and buying that book off the shelf. So some books are in the warehouse, not yet um, distributed to the bookstores. But I did find out Walmart and a couple of other markets will go, they go to the warehouses and those books mm-hmm. that are just stocked in warehouses, they sell them. Walmart sells. Yeah, Walmart so is one of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of those yeah. kinds of stores will sell them. And then you have to call, like you said, you have to call mm-hmm. and be assertive as the author. Mm-hmm. Say, look, I have some people that would like to come here and order my book, and I understand that my mm-hmm. book's not in your store right now, but it's in the warehouse, can you please shift five books because I have people that are coming. Now, the first thing they're going to ask you is, well, when are they coming? Because, see, mm-hmm. everything, in when you're dealing with the bookstore, they're mm-hmm. dealing with how fast those books are, are moving off the shelves. They're not going mm-hmm. on your, your word. Mm-hmm. So you have you know to tell them, well, I have people that are coming and they want to order the book, and they'll mm-hmm. say when, and then they'll make sure it's there when... Mm-hmm. Those people are coming. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's all about yeah. dollars and cents, and they're they trying to make a profit. Yeah. And also I want to add, too, is that the client, the writers, you know, like especially self-published, is that not only self-published, but traditional publishing, mm-hmm. is that writers make, authors make money when those books are ordered, you know, for the um, stores. That's when the royalties come in. Right. And you're saying with the um, self-publishing, right? It was self-publishing and traditional publishing. Right. As an author, Mm -hmm. and we should be aware of that firsthand, you're going to make the money when the books are sold. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's important. Hustle, sell the books yourself, especially if you're self-published. Sell them yourself along with having them 
available in stores and um, online. Sell them yes. yourself. When you're walking the street, you can sell them. When you're waiting on trains. I had so many writers in my life. I remember even before I had my first book published that they were on the trains mm-hmm. uh, talking about their books to me. Then, you know, here's a copy. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a complimentary copy, but they're usually sold for. Then you give them a little something. Mm-hmm. And uh, But... Um, you become your own promoter, and you learn the importance of uh, marketing mm-hmm. when you become yeah, a published yeah. author because you realize if my books are going to sell, I'm going to have to endorse. Mm-hmm. I have and, uh, to Queen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Queen Fran is Queen Zipporah. I also want to add about, you know, not only are the uh, royalties are paid, you know, when the books are ordered for the stores, also the merchandise. The merchandise and anything that's, you know, connected, you know, to the book's branches. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of crafty ideas you can come up with. You're, you're a writer, you're an author, you have a creative mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sell bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have that's information the about the book on there mm-hmm. or you, yeah. the author on one side and then the actual book showing the cover and everything with a little information about what the book is about. I got a question. Sure. Uh, Who's it for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now y'all got me ready to write a book. What promotional strategy did you use uh, if you were interested in writing today? We're book? just having a little trouble yeah. You, could you turn your value? Okay. Can can, right. can you hear me now? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. What would you say is a good strategy? Um, I was thinking about actually doing an audio book of poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that in connection with promoting uh, a musical CD? You know what? Uh, this is Queen Zipporah. You know what? You reminded me of what the late L.A. Banks had did. When she was making, you know, gift baskets, and then she put, bless you, she put, I recall, it was a book, a candle, you know, a candle and a CD, you know, in this basket. Mm. Now, you just doing something right there. Mm-hmm. Being that he has a musical CD already released, mm-hmm. and he's doing an audio book, no, I was thinking about it. I didn't say I was doing it. I, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. Considering doing an audio book, what you just shared about the late L.A. Banks was perfect. Mm-hmm. Accessories. You, you, you mm-hmm. can. He could be doing a musical event and have a sample of some of his audio <laughs> books CD on a mm-hmm. disc. You know, for people, so they hear that and they'll be like, "Oh wow, he does poetry too." Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna make an investment and in, and in buy his book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm one can compliment the other. One can uh, help the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I had just uh, sure this Queen Zipporah, and I was looking for a. Uh, I just took down, you know, the late L.A. Banks' uh, newsletter from 2002, and I'm um, trying to read for where she had put the idea together about the gift basket. 
And you know, it's amazing oh, yeah, that he, uh, Laurie shared mm-hmm. he's contemplating mm-hmm. doing this because we just had Shamaya Bay on our show. Mm-hmm. And he uh-huh. has a book entitled The Ritual, How to Capture a Soul, and it's an audio mm-hmm. book. And he was able to um, connect with someone that does voiceovers to do mm-hmm. the narrative for his book because it's not him. Mm-hmm. It's her doing the actual mm-hmm. narrative reading yeah. on, on the audio. So, mm-hmm. yes, I, I do encourage that. I do encourage that. Mm-hmm. That's a new trend now that seems to mm-hmm. be getting a lot of attention in publishing. Mm-hmm. People are doing more audio, especially poets. But mm-hmm. um, not just poets, because Shemaya Bay's uh, book is a novel. So anyone that has a book, I would encourage you to also, especially in this era, where people are uploading and, and you know, downloading music um, nonstop. This is the time to do audio, to do more audio versions of books. Mm-hmm. It will Yeah, sell. that's also part, yeah, the audio book, that's also part, you know, of the publishing package. Okay. You know, I think still with the uh, subsidiary rights, yeah. Uh, and so um, getting back to about the gift basket idea, yeah, I found it. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, in her rivers of the soul, a financially strapped divorced mother whose story is modeled after her own delayed L.A. Banks takes a bath while reading a romance novel. As Dale, that's what it stands for, L.A. Leslie as Dale, came up with the idea of packaging that book with a gift basket featuring a music CD and locally made incense and bath products. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Her gift basket has a music CD. And, Laurie, this is something for you. To consider. Mm-hmm. Um, she has this gift basket when she does her book signing, and one of the contents is a music CD. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if you do decide to go that route with your audio book, you can have a gift basket, complimentary gift basket, where you have your music CD, and people will buy it. Your music CD will be a part of it, and then the book and something else. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm look, I'm listening. I'm like, huh, this is giving me some ideas. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you, know, you, you know you have your Mother's Day, you have your um, Sweetheart's Day, you know all these different days and stuff, mm-hmm. and people like gift baskets. You know the holidays is coming up, Thanksgiving. Um, people like to have a gift basket, and you know Horn of Plenty can have anything in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, you can sell and see. He already had you already have your music CD released, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready to release the mixtape uh, as we speak. So yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Perfect. Thanks, Queen Zipporah. Excellent. <coughs> You're welcome. All right, so I'm um, moving right along. All right, number three, the business side of publishing makes writers detectives also. Mm, I like that. Anyone want to elaborate? Larry or Queen? Um, mm-hmm. I'll elaborate. Um, mm-hmm. Business side, uh, I, I think that goes for all forms of entertainment. Um, if you're smart, you will be a detective. Uh, you have to research 
and uh, really do your homework about certain things. Like, I will share this. I won't reveal too much because, you know, I want things to come to pass. But let's just say that I'm in the process of researching an agency or a major, somewhat major company that did approach me about representing me, just as an example. Um, when they uh, had a conference, phone conference with me, I told them that what their offer sounds good, but if I'm going to make any kind of investment as far as anything, I need to do some research. Uh, I see that, yeah, they might have uh, a few major acts here and there, but just because you have a major act does not necessarily mean that they would be good for me. And this is where a lot of people, this is where a lot of people screw up. And I almost screwed up uh, some years ago because I was almost signed to a major record deal. Okay. And when you're really young and you're thinking uh, all the stuff you see on TV from BT to, uh, you know, all the award shows and all the star study lifestyles you see, I'm looking at it from a musical standpoint, but also it plays into what Queen Sephora was talking about uh, as being a detective. And a lot of people are not detectives enough, you know, when it comes to handling their business. And, um, they, you know, you have to research, you know, you have to, just because something sounds good and you might see it looks good on paper doesn't mean that it's good for you, you know, because you can sign with a big time publisher, but that big time publisher is not making you top priority because they have somebody else or other people on the roster and you're pretty much an afterthought. Then what? Yeah. You're signed to a major publishing or good publishing or industry deal but nobody's hearing any work from you. And this is the thing that a lot of people didn't know. And I went to school for music and I'm still learning and I, cause things change every five, 10 years. Uh, when you release a CD and say you're on a major record deal, a major record label, you, the CDs, what they, at the time they went for 10, 15, maybe $19 or something depends. Right. The artist usually doesn't get anything but fifty cents to a dollar off of each CD sold. So mm-hmm. same I with the uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Before, yeah, once I was remember yeah. told it was twenty five cents. Yeah, twenty five cents. cents. The last I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it might look good if they sell a lot of like if they sell over maybe a hundred thousand CDs. Yeah, you might still say that's a lot of money, right? But compared to what the labels and every, you know, uh, even the publishing deal, the compared to what the label's getting, that's crumbs. And compared to what they would get on the street, that's mm-hmm. a ripoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, now <laughs> the average person on the street probably won't sell 100,000 like talk. About, I mean, it can be done. It has been done. But if I was to sell, let's say, 1,000 CDs, which can be done very easily at $10 a pop. I'm going to have what? What? $10,000? Mm-hmm. You know, at 10000 Now, imagine getting a quarter off of every CD, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, I say this because it's, 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 it's interesting when you say the business side makes you a detective. 
you have to become a detective because a lot of us aren't detectives enough when it comes to business, especially when she was making mention of um, certain publishers that are scam artists or I could print you for, uh, I could put you up for this amount of money and you don't know what kind of credibility this person has. We haven't done any research. They don't have a, a client list. You don't find them on the Internet, or you find them on the Internet, but whatever they've done from what you've seen is very minimal compared to a success rate that you're looking for, you know? <laughs> so that's, 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 that, that's, a, uh, that's a key statement right there. So, you know, but just giving my insight on a business perspective, that's just a, a tiny portion of it. It does make you a detective, but mm-hmm. will it make you a detective if you're not, uh, if you're not thinking? Because a lot of people go into situations, and it's almost happened to me, without thinking. You get so excited, oh, I'm about to do this, mm-hmm. I'm about to do big things. But mm-hmm. like I tell anybody, when you sign, and this is for all artists, when you get any type of deal, publishing, uh, whether it's literary or musical, now the writing industry might be a little lot different than the music industry as far as mm-hmm. it operates. I don't know if they give out advances or not, but in the music industry, there used to be a time when they give out advances mm-hmm. or they give huge oh, they advances. they do that in uh, publishing, too. If they yeah. major, what? Um, yes, if a major publishing company is interested in you and they really want to publish your book, oh, yeah, it'll be in the yeah. end. But the thing is, you got to read the fine print. Because exactly. that may be, this is what we're paying you up front, so you're going to have to sell all these books to equal that before you make any more. We'll right, see so what a lot of people don't understand. Print. That's where being a detective is so necessary. We'll see what a lot of people don't understand. That advance is what it is, an advance alone. See, when, see, this is where it gets a lot of people, and this is what almost got me caught up. See, when they say, okay, we're going to give you $500,000 because we want you to be on our label. And they buy these artists or they buy people cars and, and they take them out to lavish dinners and all this other stuff, and they're getting all this promotional stuff. Little do they know, well, at that time, before people got smarter, that's coming out your events. Yep. Mm-hmm. You well, know what I'm saying? That's, that's all coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, like, say, if somebody, <laughs> if somebody wanted to sign me to a deal, the first thing I would tell them, I, I don't want any gifts. Don't give mm-hmm. me a car. Don't give me an apartment. Don't give me nothing. Right, right, Just give yeah. me the events, yeah. and I will invest in my own recording studios. That's mm-hmm. up to par. That's industry standard. My own marketing, my own photography my own everything and that way if you know if sale, even if sales doesn't meet their standards mm-hmm. you have to make some type of co-signment with the uh the label or the publishing company that you still retain your rights to your work that's it yeah. because Contract. they can still sell your Contract. stuff have they can still legal. sell your and stuff and i would encourage anyone have you a lawyer on speed dial have you someone that really is learned when it comes to contracts? Because you're going to have to be able to know what's being read in between the lines and what's not bold is in five print. Because if you don't, you will be taken advantage of. Many artists are raped all the time. I mean, talented, gifted, 
intelligent, beautiful artist. It's happening every day. It's better that you go first hand into a contract having a lawyer than to have to get out of one and have to mm-hmm. buy and afford a lawyer because then mm-hmm. you may spend all the money that you had in reserve just to get a good lawyer to make sure that you get what you should get. So it's best to have one from the beginning and don't sign anything without having them to read it first so you know exactly yeah. what's being said. Because it's always something. Remember, unless you went to school for law, let me tell you something. And unless you have a legal dictionary, there's some words that you would look at and think it's just meaning one thing that can mean two or three other things. And those people know. In those industry, if they are blood suckers, they are in it for blood. They already know. They want you. They're going to use you, and they know just how to word that contract where if you're reading it surfacely, you want to sign it without having a legal understanding of what's really being said. And they got you. It's too many talented. And I'm telling you, don't think you're that smart. It's happened to the smartest and the brightest. There's too many oh, yeah. gifted and talented people out here. I'm I'm talking what I know. Um, they just had Kenny Gamble. I live here in Philadelphia. Kenny Gamble was <coughs> tough. They just had a real um, major serious court uh, thing with, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the group. Um, oh, my gosh. The men, uh, uh, four men. Uh, help me out. Boy, uh, boys to men? No, 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 no. The older uh, guy that was out and their music was is still hot today. Uh, with, uh, Bell Bob Dole, it wasn't the was it? Not the Delphonics. Um, uh, the Intruders? Not the Intruders. Not the Philly Intruders. Um, oh, my gosh. Their name is just not coming to mind. But it's, Not the OJs. Their son, and, uh, and the one, uh, one of the, the lead singers, his son just passed away not too long ago, who also was a phenomenal uh, recording artist, you know, vocalist. Uh, I know you're not talking about the OJs, right? Yeah, the OJs. Yes. Oh, this is three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, the OJs. Yes, indeed, the OJs. I'm sorry. But they were, um, they just had a, a, a court very, very long time. This thing was going through the courts. But it had to do with the fact there was monies that were owed them they never got because when they signed the contract, apparently, they didn't really understand what they were signing. So that's why I'm saying just because you're gifted, just because you're intelligent, still get that legal person, that person that knows the law, to read that contract first before you sign it. Because it's harder once you're in a contract and it's binding. There's a lot of artists right now that's fighting to get out of contract. Once you're in that contract, wait a minute. Once you're in that contract, that's binding. Mm -hmm. And it may take you years to get out of it. See, these people, you got to remember, these these persons in the industry, they know. They're clever. They've been doing this for years before you was Mm -hmm. pooping yellow. They was doing it. <laughs> this is their life, seriously. So they know how to kill. They know how to make you, and they know how to break you. And their thing at the end of the day is, I want that money. They're not thinking about the artist's welfare mm-hmm. and the livelihood and longevity of that artist and so forth and so on. And, and, and getting that artist business savvy is not what they're trying to do. 
They will work, yeah. work, 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 mm-hmm. work oh, you yeah. into a hole, into a mm-hmm. health crisis. And they know they're getting paid, Whether and that's what happened really to Whitney Houston. They know they're getting paid, and Michael Jackson is saying, they know they're getting paid whether you are alive or not. Because, see, they already got the thing locked and bolted where even insurance, if something happened to you, they got that. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get there. So we got to get smarter than them. You got to be smarter than they are. And it's important. Get your lawyer from day one before you sign that contract. Have them read that contract. Have them reread that contract before you signed it so at least you know. You did your part, and whatever you get into, you can walk out of because it's people – they end up dying. Next thing you know, that artist is dead, and all their estate money or whatever, that mm-hmm. producer made sure they was going to have that stuff. And even the yeah. family, um, what was this singer, Nina Simone? Even mm-hmm. the family have to fight just to mm-hmm. get inheritance. They end up having to fight with the record companies and the producers. That's crazy. But you know, that's why the quit, world yeah. we live in. That's mm-hmm. why we got to be smarter than they are. Yeah. We got to get, get yeah. that lawyer. I, I encourage anybody get mm-hmm. that lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Queen Fran. That's why it's also this is Queen Zipporah. That's why it's also important to have a will because without oh, a will, definitely. the state decides. Yeah, the state decide who gets what. But with that will, is on black and white. And if anybody try to change that will, I would. I mean, I'm not superstitious or anything, but mm-hmm. that will seems to know what to do. You know, from its owner's instructions. <laughs> That's true, and I, yeah. I left that out. The will is so very, very important when it comes to a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and I also want to add, too, about, you know, the advance check. You do not spend it. You hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, yeah, hold on to the advance check, and it's also best to make over the amount. Oh, yeah, it's best to make over that amount, you know, advance. Well, you know you have to in order to see a profit because the way they do it, that advance check certifies they are going to have their money. You have to sell. After you get that advance check, you have to sell books to equal that amount. If you don't sell to equal that amount, you owe them. See, they know what they're doing. You know what? That's the way that's set up. Right. But, you know, I have researched and the advance check is not your recall. I'm going to look at it again, but. I remember reading it's not your responsibility if you don't you know you don't owe that publishing company. Now I was told about this. You know, they you have to give that money back. But today I don't think it applies, but yeah. I advise Yeah, to you look owe it them if you don't yeah. if it doesn't balance out, they know what they're doing. They're certifying that they don't lose. Remember, they're in it to win it all the time. We gotta be in it to win it. I'm, I'm, now, I'm, I'm, if I'm you don't this. sell the amount, this is the thing. Whether it's music, whether it's books, whatever, your whoever's your you, the person that you signing on the contract with. If you don't sell the amount to equal with that advances, you didn't profit anything. You didn't earn anything. You're going to come up short, and you're going to owe them. And that's when you hear about these artists; they bankrupt. They filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, you know what's funny, um, Francine and, and Queen Sephora. Um, mm-hmm. When I was reading my poem, Does Black Lives Matter? And I'm going to tell you how this ties into what we're talking about. The funny thing is, oh, 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 Miss, Miss uh, Francine, a, a wise man that you uh, uh, had, had spoke of had told me that we as African-Americans do not support each other. 
right. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been fortunate enough to have some decent sales as far as, you know, Paul. Of course, it's not record-breaking because I probably wouldn't be talking on the phone right now. I'll probably find ways mm-hmm. to, but I probably wouldn't. Not because I'd be all that, because I'd be traveling. Right, um, which I'm, you travel. We had some people that was traveling and in other places. and Yeah, I still do, would call but it. But they, you know, this is modern I, technology. You can, yeah, yeah, I still in. would call in, but you know, with schedules, <laughs> uh, you know, and I travel now. Calling people and talking to them on their radio show, so hey, come on. Yeah, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, not that time. I would be big headed, not that I would be big headed, but you know, it, it things come up when you get busier. Now I travel now, and I have a following now, you know. But here's the thing: the, the wise man told me that media, right? See, social media yeah. is helping a lot of people when you talk about a following. Oh, yeah, yeah. The media. You can reach out and you can talk to people. But see, here's the wild thing. And someone told me that African-American artists have it a lot harder, as well as literary you know, artists, because we might not like, for example, Eric Jerome Dickey might sell pretty good and have pretty decent marks, but he might not sell or attain the levels of a Stephen King. Um, or a well-known black writer that has those kinds of numbers. And, you know, Beyonce might just sell out a whole audience, whereas uh, people like Lettucey and Angie Stone would have to fight, you know, who are great artists in their own right for their genre, but they would have to fight tremendously, or they probably wouldn't have those kinds of numbers, if you know what I'm getting at. So... It's amazing to me, and I say this to other fellow artists, and this is the stance that I've taken. If you call yourself a friend of mine and you claim to like my music, that's if you like it and and it's my style. If you don't know the industry, that's one thing. But if you are not going to support my movement and you're always clapping your hands saying good job, but you don't have 5 or $10 to support what I'm doing, and you know how hard it is, not so much because I need your money. No, it's because industry execs, they look at sales and numbers, and this is what people don't understand. You got so many people crying, oh, we need better music. Oh, we need this. Okay, let's put your money where your mouth is. The same 5 or $10 that you can spend on Starbucks every day supporting a big establishment, why you won't support your brother or sister? Mm-hmm. I know. You know, know. this is how what so artists need to, to take this in. As a platform <laughs> for artists, because there's too many struggling, starving artists that are truly gifted with a message that are not being heard because they're not supported. So that's why we mm-hmm. take out the time and we use yeah. this show. And even tonight, mm-hmm. being open mic night, and I see callers are calling in just to let the callers know. I'm in acknowledgement of you, and we will give you your moment to shine. Um, We've got to be artists for artists, and I'm a part of that movement. It is a movement called Artists for Artists because there's just too many artists that are still struggling and starving because they're not supported. And what better audience, now check this out, what better audience to support artists than artists, because artists understand the struggle of artists. Exactly. We're more more misunderstood than we'll ever be understood by mainstream. Mm -hmm. They think artists are crazy. Look, 
They was calling Michael Jackson for the longest time Wacko Jacko. They think artists are crazy. <laughs> um, Amy Winehouse, they they say we're all just druggies. Um, uh, we Not hear voices. Oh my gosh, Lady Gaga, she's <laughs> getting a whole lot of um, negative flack now because she admitted, you know, I hear these voices and um, you know, I had these dreams and I see these devils and they're trying to get me. But the thing of it is, and I would say this to anybody, we live in a reality that a lot of people are afraid of because yeah. it's actuality, actually. It's what's mm-hmm. real. And we're not afraid or ashamed to say, like uh, Van Gogh and, and so many artists, you know, cut his ear off or whatever. They, you know, put him in asylum or whatever. <laughs> but one of the greatest paintings, one of the most uh, profound works, he did in an asylum. Looking out the window. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, listen, uh-huh. for all the people that are artists that are called crazy, um, uh, loonies, you hear voice or whatever, I'm for you. I'm saying, look, you got a lot to offer this world. This world is beautiful because you came, and it's going to be beautiful because you're not going to be ashamed to share your gift with the world. You have something to offer. Well, don't let know. the world make you afraid. I'm mean, seriously, don't make the world make you afraid of you. Sometimes that's it too. A lot of artists get closed up and they go into recluse because they become afraid to be themselves because somebody said, Oh, you weird, you this, you that. You don't fit the status quo. You're not, you know, like everybody else. You know what's else. funny? You're outstanding. Shine. That's what life's so for. They call them stars <laughs> in the night. You know, you know what's funny? It's, it's the, it, artists, to me, are no different than the general population. Because think about it. If Lady Gaga says she hears voices, how many of the population you know hears voices and yeah. are a little deranged or a little crazy? They just happen <laughs> not to sing. You know what I'm saying? How many uh, people are like have strange or they wear weird colors and things and they happen <laughs> not to paint or write? And th- so it's kind of interesting to me, you know, because somebody told me I was a uh, well, thief found me. So you see... A lot, like New York, I would say, is a microcosm of the yeah. world. But you got people that they ain't, they ain't New Yorkers. They don't see this on a day-in, day-out basis. So if they was to come to New York and really check out how people walk the streets, it would petrify some people that's from these small farms and these small little cities and counties and, and suburbs. What would be so petrifying? You represent, wait a minute, you represent one group. We're never speaking for everybody. We're never speaking for everybody. But we have to keep in mind, yes, and, I'm a, and I'll say this, artists are most discriminated against. And oh, I yeah. it happen on a day-in, day-out basis than your average James and your average Joe's. We are to that degree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have gotten some backlash as far as people that I know personally. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it seems like you walk through life or like say you work a regular nine to five and you just did a show the other night and I had someone watch my videotape. They were like, oh, who do you think you are? (laughs) And And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I strive, you know, I'm not ignorant and ghetto fabulous like you are. Just because I might work with you doesn't mean that I have to 
you know, intermingle, interact with you in the way that you think that I said. I have a bigger goal, you know. So, like, like I said, artists are discriminated against. We are. But the interesting thing is, it's like how many people in the world have all these different issues and problems, and it's like, okay, you got a bipolar disorder, but you see an artist, and they have a bipolar disorder and jump out the window. Oh, those artists are crazy. Well, motherfucker, you crazy too. I'm just just trying to get that portion. Like, how do you discriminate against, excuse my language, but it's just, how do you discriminate against somebody that's probably acting out and displaying well, different, you know, okay, they crazy, but you're crazy. Okay. How many, right. Well, you think you got wacko jackals, how many wacko jackals you got out there that don't sing, they don't dance, they don't do nothing, but they set cars on fire. They're hearing voices. They're running around naked. Yeah. They smoking K2. Oh, you know what oh, I mean? Right there. How, oh, right there. How are you? you know on a different no, topic I'm sorry. For a different show. We will get to that topic. We're going to deal with mental disorders. Because now we're living in a society where a lot of people have mental disorders, but they are functional, meaning they hold jobs, they have families, but they have mental disorders. The reason for that, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to remember, when you're living in a society where a lot of chemicals are being put in your water, your food, your hair, and even our animals. If you, I don't know if you've been checking your animals out here lately. Your cats and your dogs is crazy. I probably almost felt like I wanted to pull out a gun and and kill one the other day. We're doing some crazy stuff. But we live in a very toxic. Now I'm keeping it real. Hold up, we're living in a very toxic. Now this is real. A very toxic environment. Our very ecosystems have been chemically contaminated. So Mm. when you're dealing with chemicals, you got to remember, when you're dealing with people Mm -hmm. and dealing with chemicals now, and then you're putting Mm -hmm. them on chemicals, you have doctors... On the artists. Put them on the artists. Okay. (laughs) Describing chemicals to them, you got an over-chemically stimulated individual... (laughs) So, yes, expect zombies and the walking dead and all a lot of crazy crap you start to see to go on. People eating. I mean, I heard it was just on the news. A man tried to eat off another man's face. Uh, people eating people and stuff. Look, this thing is real. Well, I go organic. I go organic. Hold up. Hold up. This is Dave, the poet host of the show. I'm maintaining order. I go gotcha. organic for a wise reason, not because I'm in this. What, what they call all natural movement. I'm mm. going organic for a wide <laughs> reason because I did some study and research on this. If your body has too much of anything in it, it's no good. It will cause your chemistry, your natural chemistry to go out of whack and you will be acting like something wrong with shit. <laughs> Okay, now let's keep it real now. They don't want us to talk like this, especially us. They don't want us to talk like this. Now, I'm going to be real about it. They want us to talk smack and all this other stuff that ain't relevant. They don't want us to talk like this to each other, but we need to have wholesome dialogue because it's too much happening in our community where people don't know what's wrong with people, and it's because they are not really going to the root. And doing yeah. research and study and identifying, look, there's a cause. And a lot of times chemical imbalance mm-hmm. is why we're seeing a lot of this off 
behavior. And I remember yeah. they used to say, oh, and watch the full moon. Oh, my God. Oh, the full moon, this one, the crazy people really go off. No, I thought it was just the saying that I was hearing, like, my older um, relatives say. And then one time I checked that thing out. I was out late at night, and there was a full moon. I ain't seen so many crazy people walking the street like I saw. I said, you know what? It's some truth to that. Yeah, Queen Fran, this is Queen Zippor. And uh, when you were talking about with the animals malfunctioning, look what somebody wrote, how to tell if your cat is plotting to kill you. I mean, it's it's really getting real deep out here. We we just have to educate ourselves and and get our children even serious, get our children Uh, even serious. You know, and discipline ourselves, too. Discipline. What's going on. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm what? Sorry, yeah, we got a caller, uh, Mr. Boston, but I see one life to live. What's um, up? How you doing? Please identify yourself. Thank you. Well, yeah, that, yeah, I'm one life to live. <laughs> this is uh, Donaldson. I'm calling from Northern California. Um, uh-uh. Just, it, it, it's a kind of interesting place to be right now. I mean, the weather's been hot lately, but... <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to address only the the thing about if it's okay to address this the sure. artists being taken advantage of okay in this oh, hell yeah. part of yeah, yeah. part of part of artists being taken advantage of comes from really not knowing really like what rights that they have that they should be protecting you know like perpetual rights to ownership over music you know um, and stuff like that but that actually you know what I found that is with the politics that come with signing contracts can be is that if you can lose deals by arguing small points of in, like that in there when 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 the exact when the management is looking for um, that in the out in the, in the long run, anyways, that's the goal. That's what they want. And if you try to challenge that one thing, then you will lose the deal, you know. And so, sometimes it's it doesn't pay to be smart. Sometimes it pays to be an idiot, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Thing. I, I, you don't see people saying that, but that's 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 proof. That's survival one oh one. That's that's another artist that's another form of artist. Yeah, you want to survive in this in this game and in that industry, sometimes you gotta see and don't see. And we idiots too, I'll tell you. <laughs> Stay alive. And relevant. That's right. I do I also do oh, some beatboxing. I've been singing, I'm I'm forty two years old. And oh, have okay. been Mm-hmm. Have been really uh, just kind of studying law over the last over the last six years. I gave up on music actually, and also oh, I gave up on my family. You know, I did. I gave up on music. Say that on this platform and that. <laughs> you didn't Why? give up on it. You probably pulled back from it to do you know what, what you're doing with law. But there you go. You yeah. still, you still, yeah. When it's in you, you can't run away from it. Mm-hmm. It's just so you know. yeah. true. Yeah. And you know, so, yeah, um, yeah, this is Queen's Um Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, one life to live. But um, I would like to continue on with the um, with my articles. I just have four to read. And I'll make oh, okay, them quick. Okay, sure. And we'll just, you know, right. we'll explain, oh, great. elaborate, give some input. Thank you. All right, sure. All right, so the first one is from, you know, writersdigest.com, and it's titled, How to Promote Your Work Like a Pro by Jessica Strasser, January 13, 2015. 
Now more than ever before, there are so many things we can do to promote our books, articles, stories, essays, services, and other creative works and skills, regardless of whether we're self-published, traditionally published, or even not yet published. Bookstore and library events remain staples, of course, <clears throat> Excuse me. as do reviews, mentions, and bylines in prominent media. But add to the mix blog tours, home pages, social networking sites, free promos, cheap promos, paid placements, web ads, print ads, Goodreads giveaways, email lists, indie author coalitions, and the Marad services claiming to increase, quote, discoverability, end quote, and one thing becomes clear. You can't do them all. And even if you could, who would want to? Just reading that list is enough to make even a savvy marketer's head spin. What you need is a strategy, one that's developed through a solid understanding of what makes the best sense for you and your work while allowing flexibility to bend with the changing wind. I don't need to tell you that self-promotion and platform building are important. In a reader survey we conducted in 2014, 61% of respondents listed, quote, to learn how to promote myself and my work, end quote, as one of the primary reasons they read Writer's Digest magazine, and 45% of readers requested even more coverage of the topic. The February 2015 Writer's Digest delivers. It's our best and most up-to-date resource on how to promote your work, and it's hot off the press and on newsstands now. Here's an exclusive sneak peek of what's inside. Keys to a successful promotional strategy. In creating this issue, first we identified two key areas worth focusing on. Your author website, essential for scribes of all stripes, from freelancer to novelist, from beginner to multi-published author, and Goodreads, a must for book authors in particular. We enlisted experts to deconstruct what you need to know to make the most of each medium. Digital media pro Jane Friedman, Friedman, your author website 101 and best-selling hybrid author Michael J. Sullivan's Get In Good with Goodreads or comprehensive guides ripe for earmarking, highlighting and referencing again and again. Whether you're just starting to investigate how to promote a book or you are looking to create a web presence that will be the foundation of your career, these articles are a great place to start. Then we, pull, then we put a call out to the writing community asking for success stories and self-promotion, and we got them in droves. Learn through the real-life trial and error of writers who promotion, whose promotional efforts ultimately yielded impressive sales further opportunities, and in some cases, even agents and book deals. Best of all, as those authors share their secrets and tips, you'll notice one key takeaway that comes up again and again. If they can do it, so can you. Doing what works for you. That underscores the point that in working to improve both our craft and our career, it can help for us writers to stick together, to use one another as the valuable resources we are. February issue also features a WD interview with Garth Stein, best known for his runaway bestseller, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and his latest novel, A Southern Light. Stein had more great insights than we had space to print, so in our online exclusive outtakes from the interview, he talks about how he came to co-found the literacy outreach group C 
Seattle Seven Writers and why every writer should have a writing friend. The February 2015 Writers Digest is already getting some great buzz on Twitter, Facebook, and blogs from other writers who likely share in the same platform excuse me, and promotional challenges that you do. If you're looking for fresh tips on how to promote your work plus the plus the usual doses of writing, <clears throat> excuse me, inspiration and craft advice we put into every issue of WD, you don't want to miss it. Happy writing, Jessica Strasser, editor of Writer's Digest magazine. Follow me on Twitter at Jessica Strasser. The end of this article. <clears throat> Thank you. Queens of Porter, we're going to take a break from the articles for one moment. We have some poets on the mic that must spit some poetry because it's an open mic mm-hmm. night, and then we're going to come back and have the article read. So I'm going to start with we have All right. um, we have One Life to Live. Mm-hmm. And that was a very informative article. And um, I believe that, yeah. All of the all of the comments on this call have been very inspirational. I'm feeling I'm feeling up to some poetry. I wasn't actually planning on it, but mm-hmm. you um, know, when I do it, I'm coming like off the top, and it's going to be freestyle. So here we go. It's going to be freestyle. So here we go. 2016. You know, a new level, somewhere to go. Anticipation of who knows what an expectation can be created with this style of rhyming that I sometimes get debate with. <laughs> these heads are trying to get nitwitty, but I'm keeping it witty in the city, even though these heads tell me, don't get down with that ditty. <laughs> That's that piece. Okay, all right. We mm-hmm. like that itty, itty, itty. Uh, those words there. That's deep. I like the way. You know what? Honestly, it's not that deep, but it was just something simple for you. I mean, I just right now I was actually thinking about the legal stuff because I do study the law, and so you have my mind on some other things because this was a very deep conversation. But I I mean, I I even could have, but I wanted to come humorous (laughs) with it. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Humor is always. That's that's something, um, a testament I truly live by. We need some good humor. It's good for the soul. It's good for our health, even your state of mind. Um, so thank you for spreading that good cheer via that poem. Nice freestyle. And um, uh, we want to encourage you because tonight is all about the artists. Um, for Open Mic Night, it's a free fall. Uh, all artists are welcome. And we just want you to continue mastering your craft. We know you will. And to never give up on your music because your music is a part of you. Well, the the seed of the music though is actually an idea, right? But um, that I used to actually attach to, you know, like uh, saying, "Oh, I am this music," you know, when in fact I'm just a human being, and I'm able to conceptualize and utilize these capacities to create this beautiful music and it's such a blessing to share it with you all. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. We're going to now go to Laurie Edwards and hear some poetry and music. Yeah. Yes, um, this is Laurie Edwards. I wanted to change the vibe and do a little something for the ladies. Y'all ready? We're ready. All right. 
you heard this before, but I'm going to do it again. It's called Love Won't Let Me Wait, the poetic version. Here it is. I need to have you close to me in more ways than one, and I refuse to leave until I see the morning sun creeping through your window pane because love won't let me wait. Baby, when I touch you, it's going to feel like Midas. I want to give you the kind of loving that fills your insides like anything else and give you the itis. I want to give you the kind of loving that fills you up like food and gives you a deep form of itis that you haven't even known about. Baby, I can't wait to be your fire that burns within your brimstone. Let my passion take over your body and melt you like ice cream in a cone. When I'm inside your wall, sometimes I want to stop and take it all in. So like a tape recorder, I put my loving on pause. You see, lady, I love making love to you. Not just sexually, but spiritually, mentally, the perfect blend you and I. What happens when you and I ignite, all sparks begin to fly. I need to have you close to me in more ways than one, and I refuse to leave until I see the morning sun, and it's because of you. That love won't let me wait. You know, I yearn for your love like a dope thing, chasing that first high again and again. Every time you get close to me or even talk to me, you cause my manhood to fully extend. You know, I'm salivating, boo. There, I just can't keep waiting. Because when I'm next to you, there's going to be no hesitating. You see, I want your body so much in a rapture that it shakes, tremble, and quiver. So take notice as I deliver. I just want you to understand I need you right now, your hugs, your kisses, and your caresses. I need you to hold me inside you like a key unlocking the door, and I enter your walls relieving my stress. I need to have you close to me in more ways than one, and I refuse to leave until I see the morning sun, and it's because of you that love won't let. Me away. And peace. Well, 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 a lot. Very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to keep Thank it you. short and sweet. 
You say, that was um, excuse me. That want to say that was very inspirational, my friend. You made me want to start busting out and some singing. Yes. yes. Oh, and, thank you. And man. not just singing, but also rap form too. I I saw what you did there. That was very clever. I really I really admire what you just put forward. Thank oh, you. thank you, thank you, thank you. You too. Your piece was um, tight, short, and sweet as well. Yeah, thank you. And and I just have to put a uh, pull a plug for Donaldson. What a lot of people don't may not know that's tuned in tonight is uh, Donaldson does a lot of things um, with music um, more than just uh, vocals. Uh, he also is it mixing and sounds and all that good stuff. Well, I do some like I do DJing. I do some mixing, but I'm also mostly human beatboxing with the voice. You know. So what I was oh, thinking oh, was... Oh, that's right. Mm, 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 he got to have you do something. Okay, Larry, Larry got to do what? something with Donaldson doing the beatbox. Now, I did it oh. one time, and I was shocked. So oh, yeah? <laughs> I can do it. Oh, man. Yeah, Larry. Okay, I know all right. You I got can. something. He's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll count um, five, and, and then you two just vibe it. So what, what, did box, you, what did you have in mind, though? I got a joint called I got a joint called Poetic Love Spoken Word Remix. Matter of fact, give me a boom 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 Go ahead. Perfect. Can y'all say poetic love? Say poetic love. Poetic love. Poetic love. There are no words beautiful enough to describe you. You are everything I dreamed of times two. I don't want to bore you with a bunch of adjectives and metaphors, but from the sentiments of my heart and mind, the words I must explore. The love I have for you stretches beyond infinite ways. Every moment spent with you is cherished. These are golden days. If I could pick one word to describe you, remarkable, maybe another intangible. All I know is that what we have is pure, natural, beyond spiritual. You are my sun, my moon, my clouds, my trees, my earth. You are the stars that surround my whole universe. And I say this thinking the heavens above. And I say this out of poetic love. Poetic love. Say poetic love. Poetic love. You are the music dancing in my head, which makes me smile from ear to ear. You are the melody that keeps me calm in spite of my fears. You are my rap that leads me to tell when my rivers run deep. At night, you're my full moon that watches over my sleep. You are my morning sun that awakens me. You are my gentle breeze that soothes my soul with ease. Emotionally, spiritually, naturally, fearlessly. I've fallen so deep into the feelings I express to you poetically. You and I, I and you, you plus me, a combined and a oneness of we. Love, 
love, love. Here we go, here we go on the end. Can y'all say poetic love? Poetic love. Poetic love. Poetic love. Poetic love. There you go. Oh, loved it. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what, Zari and Donaldson, <laughs> you two. Man, that was fun, brother. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, you know no. what I found is that by collaborating with people over the phone, many different creative vibes have been created like just the other day with my friend in Massachusetts some Rasta <coughs> was hitting over my and he was he started busting over he was like I love ya Selassie I am coming up I love Rasta for Jehovah and I was like oh Hey, man. It sounded so That's good. That's what's up. Yeah, man, that, when I get out to the Bay Area, I got to connect. You too, Art. man. I might be coming out to the Bay Area. Somebody's trying to pull strings to get me out there, man. So if I do, you know what I mean? Um, no, when I do, man, we definitely got to connect, man. I love that, man. Oh, yeah. And you shouldn't that be giving up no music, hot. man. Nah, part, of, was... part of, you know what, I'll be honest with you, this is good that we're talking about it because I think part of strategy, dealing with, dealing with coming out as an artist who has dealt with the music industry for 20 years, on and off, of course, uh, the, but that live performance as a strategy is, is a good way to go, especially if you're a new artist or you just want to get out there and make some quick cash, you know? And it's all about networking and the and the right you know, like type of like people that you're you know, what, what scene are you what niche scene are you trying to connect into, you know? Um, I yeah. think that through the proper con- you know, if you talk to someone that can actually guide you through the channels to connect to the right type of scene for you, then you can begin some live performance stuff that will be actually kind of profitable if if it suits your lifestyle. Oh yeah, but, I'm doing that as we speak. But you know, the you funny know. thing is, man, you you should not give up on music, man. I mean, that was just phenomenal, man. I mean, you got so many hip hop DJ. I mean, that just took me back a little bit, man. So, you know, spoken word over beatbox or hip hop over beatbox. Check the vibe, y'all. Check the vibe, y'all. Check the vibe, y'all. Check the check the a bunch of a bunch of check the beatbox on the ones. Yo, honestly, oh, yeah. I love. I love singing and beatboxing at the same time. That's one of my favorite things to do. You guys are great <coughs> for, for admiring this talent here. But so so wait a minute here. Where are you located at? If you're talking about hooking up. Oh, right now I'm in New York. Uh, I live in New York City. Oh, sick. What part? So yeah, I'm in the Bronx. So I'm like on the other <laughs> side of the world from you, man. That's so cool. but yeah, hip hop. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the hip hop uh, core right that's there. That's what's cracking. Yes, so, Larry, you got to give him your web information, and Donaldson, you got to give him your information. You guys must. Yes, I connect. 
Mm, no Definitely. Doubt. I'm Larry D. Edwards on L A R I E D Edwards on Facebook. Um uh anybody that wanna get at me, purchase one of my CDs, Poetic Love, www.larrylarie.bandcamp.com. I'm on SoundCloud, Larry D. Edwards, Twitter.com, backslash soul of Larry. Just hit the event page, I'll share it. But uh definitely I gotta connect with one life, man. For real. Yeah, no, no. That's just my, uh, like, you know, honestly, that's the phone. Because I know there's artists on that definitely want to connect with you as well. So share your contact. I appreciate the plug. Um, Actually, it's, uh, if you want to get at uh, uh, Donaldson, it's Second Son. Second Son of Donald. And it's just a Gmail account. But I also have um, Breaks My Heart on, if you go to SoundCloud and you put, a full colon at the front and a hyphen in between each word breaks my heart with a Z, breaks with a Z. You'll see me sitting there, and I've got a bunch of beatboxing on that you guys can check out. And so, definitely, definitely. definitely got some awesome hot stuff on SoundCloud. Check them out. Thank you both. Yeah, thank you. Thank That's you. Well, who's the next artist? But that was hot. Yeah. That was spontaneous, and that was hot. Love the freestyle. Yeah, we might be hearing voices after we get off the phone, so you know, you know, our artists are crazy. You know what I mean? Yo, do, <laughs> do, do another one. Do you want to do another one real quick? Ah, uh, let me see. Let me see what I can. Well, do something freestyle. Do something freestyle. Do a freestyle. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah it's do, like do a, a minute, a minute or two, one. like a minute long. You know, nothing long. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do a slow one. Do a slow one. A slow one. Well, yeah, a slow okay. one. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Can I mix it up? Yeah. I want to do something. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Why not? Go. (laughs) She walks by. She's looking too fly. She's caught my eye. She's velvet like the rose. I see the smile in her eyes and I see the glow in her toes. She makes my heart melt like butter. She makes me want to just talk to her, but I stutter. Every time I see her, I just want to walk up to her and say, hey, what's your name? What's your claim to fame? What's your shoe size even, baby? You making me wish my name was Steven. And I wonder if any blind eye could see your beauty. You're such a cutie. You stay on my mind like hotcakes in the oven. Baby, trust me, I ain't bluffing. I ain't saying nothing because I'm kind of scared and I'm trapped in a trance that's making my mind dance. And I'm too much re-enhancing on what I'm about to say as I approach. But, baby... You just got me in a trance. Lord, my mind begins to dance. Now my words and my thoughts are starting to become a dance. As I look over and I got to come over and I say hello, but everything else just freezes. Dang. I feel like one of the patients in the hospital just sick with diseases. But I'm going to let your beauty speak for itself. Because right now, I got to put my confidence in everything else on the shelf. I'm just too scared. Boom. I like that sound effect, too, Donaldson. I yo, like that. that was some Timberland type stuff. Oh, yo, dude. Man, you, you ain't on Facebook. 
Actually, I don't do Facebook or any of the... U- I mean, I do limited YouTube, but it's all political. I've been studying law for six years, so I've been kind of... I've been really laying low on the music shit. This, but honestly... After, I after love we... It. Uh, after after we uh hang up, look, email me, Larry L A R I E M G M T at Gmail dot com. I'm gonna write that in the chat room. It's L A R I E. Take your time. <laughs> Let me get my notepad L-A-R-I-E. open. Say that one more time, Larry, for me, because I'm hearing L- And that's also for bookings too. L A R I E. M as in Mary, G as in goat. M is in Mary, T is in Terry, at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I got you. Yeah, email me as soon as you get off or whatever, off the phone, mm-hmm. and I'm going to check out your SoundCloud. Because, brother, you just brought up something. I'm thinking about doing something on my mixtape, bro. I, I got to holler at you for sure. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you're going to love my live show. I'm telling you the concept is... I, is to just come out and be hitting the live human beatboxing and, of course, saving the best for last, but with a loop pedal and then dropping heat, beatboxing, featuring artists that are local in, my, in the local community right out there when I'm, wherever I'm performing at. I'm going to be featuring local artists, and not only that, I'm going to be providing the beatbox and the heat and the loop pedal with some original tunes over the top of it, flipping it like that as well, just doing live shows for the love and for the money. Hell, of course. Put money in there. Marie Management, right? L-A-R-I-E Management at gmail.com. Check him out there for bookings. You can also talk to him about me, too, if you want to holler. Mine is uh, Second Son of Donald at Gmail. But... Uh, yeah, I'll get it. Definitely. Hit me up. Listen, I got this. Get back in uh, and, and uh, take care of some home duties. But uh, look, get at me, Francine. Thank you as always. Much oh, love to those listeners. Thank you. We appreciate right. you. Keep on making that beautiful music. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, nice lyrics. All right, you too. All right, that was Larry D. Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, he has a mixed music tape that is now being released and of course you just heard him do collaboration with one like to live otherwise known as donaldson don't forget ladies and gentlemen support these independent artists why because they are for you they're doing what they do for the love of you their fans their following their community so let's show them love and support them now we're going to hear from another artist by the name of Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston, and then we're going to hear from Queen Zipporah Selman. She's going to continue on in the free publishing tips hour. Remember to call in if you have questions about publishing. The number is 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. And the call ID number for this show is 133 133- one nine three pound All right, welcome, Mr. Boston, aka Master Scribe. Well, hello there. How's everybody doing? Oh, uh, we're doing fine. Good to. If you're with us um, or the mic, of course, you heard a little sampling from Donaldson yeah. on the mic, and of course, Mr. Edwards. He was with us for a while tonight. We had him from the beginning of the show. Thank you. Shared his love. Indeed. And his heart. Indeed. Very much mm. so. Very much mm. so. <laughs> I'm 
I'm in a great mood today. I had to Wonderful. Uh, to uh, present a presentation with a slideshow to the faculty today, part of my uh, master dissertation. Oh, so, oh all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got an A. Yeah, I got an A plus. I got um, a five extra points. So you know, um, I, I I worked for seven months putting that thing together and sixty five. 65 um, slides and <laughs> 28 pages of of uh, work put in, you know. So I had to do what I had to do to get that grade, mm-hmm. you know. So We're proud I, of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I got to – now I'm working on my – I'm working on my um, – Personality disorder on uh, Captain America. So, oh, <laughs> oh all right, <laughs> on Captain America. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, so you know that was the one that was assigned to me. So, okay, <laughs> I like I'm 15. That. Yeah, I'm 15 pages in on him already. Boy, to do this. Uh, all right, he really. And I, as a matter of fact, I, and matter of fact, last week I did one on Muhammad Ali. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, which. I got an A on that too, you know. Um it's when I when I broke him down, you know, he's an introvert and an extrovert, both at the same time. So How about that? after I broke it down, yeah. And it was it was amazing to to uh, do the research and mm-hmm. and then apply the 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 psychoanalytic um, prefaces to it, you know, and then I broke that down and come to find out that the man was an introvert and an extrovert. So mm. uh, it's very few people are like that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Awesome. <laughs> it well, is you know, Queen Zipporah, like yourself, she's um, a psych- psychology major. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, what you're talking I'm about. Yeah, I'm a little friend. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Queen Fran, I'm an English literature major and a history minor. But oh, I did oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought you were majoring in psychology. Is that just, no, that I was one major. of your favorite subjects, I guess? Yeah, uh, I, at first I did, but then I found writing, and we've been together ever since. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh so you divorced psychology, and you yeah. and, and, and writing are happily married um, ever after now. Okay. Yeah, I didn't oh, wow. divorce psychology. I didn't divorce. Let me put it this way, you know, psychology. Okay. Psychology. Yeah, I up, and so I. Wait a minute. English, Art, do you mean you're having an extramarital affair with psychology? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, I'll what happened? Well that. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working two. I'm working two degrees. My master's in clinical social work and my BS in uh, drug intervention. So. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. We need you. Society mm-hmm. needs you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. You know, long hours, you know, I'm for the last mm-hmm. month and a half, I've been going to bed at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. getting up and have to be at school at 9 and get out of school at 3. And it's, but then you have to put in the work to get that reward, you know. So it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad that you was able to steal away and give us some of your time this evening because it's all about the artist tonight. As we were sharing at the beginning of the program, 
this is the free fall for all artists. Come one, come all. And we're saying to the artists, we love you, we support you. And artists should be for artists. So at this mm-hmm. time, whatever artistry you came with tonight, we are Ooh. all ears and hearts open and minds ready to receive it. Ooh-wee. Ooh, ooh-wee. Lord have mercy. <laughs> so can I kick one more number? I just This is Donaldson. I, I want to do one more thing, but I'm not, not ready yet. Okay. Okay. Yes, indeed. We'll okay. come back to you, and we're going to hear from Master Squad, a.k.a. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Queen Fran, yeah. mm-hmm. Queen Fran, before you start, this Queen Zipporah. After Master Scribe is done, I'm going to be signing off. Okay. And and thanks so much, even, for all the information you've shared with us tonight. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. All right. all right. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Uh This is from me to you, black women. Black woman, the black man wants you. But we want you to want us too. Don't you know that I want to love you? I want my love to you to be close and personal, like the spiritual fire within you. I want you to experience me non-physically. I come from a different dimension. I want my love to be your love today with my advanced degrees and robust portfolio. I realize, black woman, I need you. We want you and need you. We want you to need us too, to love you, feel good about you. Black woman, you understand us. Black woman, you Listen carefully, we need to learn from understanding you. At times, we don't allow you in. We are connected to our minds. The black woman is connected to her heart, her emotions and feelings, and sometimes we black men feel your insecurities and don't know how or what to do about them. But black woman, real black men, we want you. Black woman... You may come to say egotistic, but a black man wants you to let us be our manly self and important to you, and sometimes you do when you oil our egos. Woman, are you listening? No, I'm not afraid to say this. I want and need you. I need you like the ocean needs its beaches, miles of sand that lead love hand in hand to the water, water that we need to sustain life. Some of us become blind when you spread that peanut butter and jelly on our egos. And sometimes that becomes suspicious. But we think you are trying to get us to let our guards down. But in the black man's heart, we know we have nothing to fear of the black woman. Not only do you exist, you flourish. Your ability to grow and achieve in spite of your conditions are your best attributes. Yes, I want the best and the greatest from you, but because I know that within you the black man exists, I love you, but I love me too, and I'll never succumb to my conditions for yours. Why would you want me to? Black woman, we want us to want you too. We want to be resourceful, and we want you to recognize and acknowledge our usefulness, and the black man will be devoted to you, and thank you for making us feel this way. 
We want the black woman to ask us for solutions. Show him that you care for the same reasons you are insecure. The black man is insecure. If you love us, we will show you the same love and always meet you halfway. Black woman, do you hear me? Black woman, let him be important for the position he holds in your life. Make the black man in your life type priority in your world. Show him in action because some black men don't get subtle hints. Some black men are but little boys pretending to be men. They like the title Mr. but have yet to master the art of being a man. Black woman, real black men want you to be that beautiful queen that you are. You already are. Teach us uh, what your needs are. Teach us what you want from us and let us compose, compromise. Black woman, we are actually sweet and simple, considering we have a desire and a weakness for the worthy black woman. Let the black man be his man-made. Because in, if we respect and love each other, we will flow together like smooth water. We can't fake it or so we mean it. Still, you will have the same results. A good man or a little boy that you might have to teach how to be a man, for some black men have been raised by women. Black woman, we want you, but we want you to want us too. There are no excuses for black men to treat you as we do. But black woman, I'm here for you on your worst days. But promise me that you won't leave me on your best ones. If we can make that pact with each other, I guarantee you that you have a deal. I will love you, black woman, no matter what other men of men tell me. I know what I want and need. I want and need you, black woman contrary to popular belief. Black woman, real black men want you. And you know how I love you? I love strong, continuous, and deep because I am not a product of a sold-out environment. I know how to love my black woman. A black woman taught me upon leaving her womb and planted my feet firmly on this Hmm. black woman's earth in peace. Wow, wow. A lot can be said. Uh, about that piece, I want to salute um, every black woman in honor of that piece, pay tribute uh, to my four mothers, um, to our matriarchs, of course. And um, again, Master Scribe, this is definitely an epic piece you wrote. Um, I think it's a healing, meditative uh, Mm -hmm. poem or verse because it encourages uh, the black man uh, love for the black woman. It promotes it. And I think that that's not seen enough, what's referred to as black on black love or black love. Um, We've heard more of the the horrible truths of um, the decline of black love. So we want to commend you on taking courage with your pen and writing mm-hmm. um, what needs to be said and, and, and rehearsed mm-hmm. in the ears of many. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Queen well, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a really nice poem that you wrote, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Only to yes, my sisters. It's, 
Yeah, and it's a positive reinforcement. Mm. That's mm-hmm. it. Indeed. Indeed. I love that. Thank Indeed. you, Queen Zipporah, because that's it. The positive reinforcement. I, let me say that I think that that was very supportive as well. And Thanks, first Tom. of all, you, you have to support that type of love because that type of focus is what's needed in the family. And Indeed. With that, Indeed. It's a, it was a very beautiful. Thank you. And again, Appreciate. I have to stress it's 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 definitely a healing meditative verse because it's it makes you think, it makes you ponder over what's being said. And it's about healing. You know, we know there's broken homes within the mm-hmm. African American community and there's been um a recent surge of it. Um however, we need not to dwell on the problem, we need to dwell on the solution. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you do with that poem. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. that's what you achieved. I, I feel that's what you achieved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. Y'all, I got to back out, y'all. I got to okay. go up in the, up in the, up in the post this oh. point, and then, uh, and then um, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to well, go. I got to get back on this. On we this know you work. burned that midnight oil, so we wishing you all the best. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know yes, you got indeed. that master's by the tail. You got it. Yeah, I got it. May, come, come the end of May, I'll be walking down that aisle. We love know, it. So. We love it. Yeah, indeed. Right. Indeed, indeed. Oh, and share with right. everyone what you're going to do once you get it. You know, it's, 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 it's a cause for this. Ooh. Well, I have I still have a two year commitment here in Boston, uh, working with uh, veterans. That's um, I'm actually I'm going to be working again with the federal government um, at the VA hospital for. I guess it's welcome back for you. Yeah, just but the good thing the good thing about it is is I'm going to retain my my. GS number at eight, okay. and I'm going to retain that. And uh, after two years of being there, I can basically transfer to anywhere in the world where there's a VA hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goal is to connect with my son, who is a who who is now a chief investigator for Children's Services in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Mm-hmm. And who also had worked for five years with the district attorney as a as a gator. So we're gonna we're going to pull all of that, all of those resources together, and try to do something for young men coming out of prison. And we're gonna try to do something that's going to prevent our young men for going down the prison pipeline mm-hmm. yeah. and at the same time do something as far as mentoring for nine-year-olds up to 17 years old so we can change the direction of our children that we're, that we're losing to the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I great. see that you're definitely a community builder, and you have a major community building project that will soon be underway. So, wish you all the best and a positive energy your way. And we're going to completing your master's 
uh, dissertation and program and obtaining that degree because we know the impact is going to be so great. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, awesome. I have I have so many things being written right now because I come up I come up with so many different ideas. The but the thing of it is is to make those ideals work. Mm-hmm. You know, so and we know you can do that. And and your mm-hmm. writing, oh my! I mean, even your books. I mean, your books alone can remedy a lot of these social mm-hmm. ills. I think if we can get yeah. your books into the hands mm-hmm. of people that really need that type of inspiration and healing, uh, you'll be yeah. uh, doing some great things just from your writing. Yeah, I'm been to. Um, I'm I'm actually about to pull my. Um, my first book off the market and uh, revamp it. Okay. And send it back out on the market with a different cover. And, and give us the name of that book so we know what to look for. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I can't even think of it right now. My mind is somewhere Oh, else. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's called the Bible, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ? <laughs> I did not seem to do that to you. No. But but yeah, uh, me and Lois has a book coming uh, sometime in the near, very near future called uh, Seeds of Wisdom Brings Truth. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, then we got, uh, I I, I have a book coming called um, Listening from the Poetic Husbandry. Awesome. And Lois got a book coming, and I got another book coming that I'm putting the final touches on. I'm sending all of them to the to the publisher all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be released on different dates, you know, three, probably three months after each other. Oh, okay. So they'll get out like there on that. the market. Um, three months. Um, um, I am... I'm still elated because I just got a some papers from the publisher that uh, my first book actually I actually went way up and above. Uh, I think I spent three hundred and eighty seven dollars to get my book published and I ended up making five hundred and forty two dollars to profit. So so there was a profit. I love that. A well, not five hundred and forty-two dollars, but five thousand four hundred. Five thousand four hundred. Okay. Yeah. There was a gain. So I did, Yeah, the book was very profitable, and and the thing that got me is is hardly anybody bought it here in the United States, but all my friends and stuff overseas and, mm. and in Germany and Japan and bought the book, and I was just like, oh my goodness. You know, and you know what I sold here. What I sold in Massachusetts was is because I got out in the market, and every time I went to the market, or I went walking, or I went to the corner store, or I went to Subway, or I went downtown, or I went to a college campus, or even on campus, I that's how I sold the books here. You know, but all the rest of it was word of mouth. So I did pretty okay. good, and I'm. I pat myself on the back, you know, because I, I, I didn't think that I was going to profit on the first book, you know. Right. So, you know, so 
I did, and so now I'm really I'm really pushing Lois now because Lois um, really don't know what to do, but I'm pushing her and telling her, mm-hmm. you know, the same way that I did Mika. Uh, I pushed her, Mika, I pushed her, and I stayed on her and pushed her and told her, you look, you've got to go out when you push in the basket or you go into the laundry or you're just out walking. If you go to the park, you know, those are potential buyers, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I said, it don't don't hurt every now and then to, to see somebody walking and say, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, and I have a book published. Give that person a book and read the book and tell your friends to buy the book. You That's know, right. There's nothing hard about that. You know, don't be afraid. You can't be afraid of yourself. Yeah, don't be afraid to you, sell. When you're That's out it. here, you know, because nobody can sell you better than you can sell yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And it's and it takes practice, and, and the thing of it is, is you – Got to learn how to overcome fear. And yes, you're going to get, I don't read poetry. I don't read, period. And so mm-hmm. what? You mm-hmm. know, go to the next person because you're going to come across 10 people, and two people out of that 10 people are going to buy your book. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So right. you, can't, you can't linger. When you got a product to sell, you can't leave it on the shelf. You got to move the product. You know, mm. and that's the key to it. You have to move the product. Move you the know, product. even if you have it in your hand and you're walking with it, you're moving the product. You can't let the product sit. But once you start letting it sit, you're gonna come. You're gonna become disillusioned about it, and it's gonna stay right there on that shelf. Mm-hmm. You are telling the the gospel truth. <laughs> <laughs> We can't be afraid to sell. That's it. That's it. If we could just sell that concept to artists, don't be afraid to sell your wares. I mean, you know, and every opportunity, every day is a new opportunity. It's a golden opportunity if you seize it that way. And like you said, there's going to be ten people. For everyone that says no, there's ten that will say yes. Yes, right. And if you're that's selling right. your books ten for ten dollars, that's a hundred dollars a day. There you go. You know, there and you and go. of course you you get wiser and and and, and better at selling the more you do it. But you got to practice. You got to start practice. somewhere. I love how you that's put right. that. You know, when you're in your travels, and I think about like the drug pushers. Man, exactly. they out here. <laughs> they <laughs> They don't care if you. They don't care if you're a mother. They don't care if you're a woman. They don't care if you're a child. They they just come up to anybody and look at them as a potential buyer. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. They, and we got to think like that when it comes to marketing as a Absolutely. writer. Absolutely. If we do, we'll do well. We'll fare well in terms of marketing our books. Indeed. Don't Indeed. discriminate because I remember someone saying that. They didn't go to somebody because of the way the person was dressed, and later they found out that that person was someone that did promotion. <laughs> okay. I said, see right there, you can't judge okay. a book by its coverage. That's right. Don't discriminate. It, it's deadly. Mm-hmm. Assumption is deadly. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love That's that. Right. 
Thanks for sharing that, Master Scribe. And, of course, I want to announce we do have you as a feature artist to appear on the Exceptional Scribble Show on December the 13th, which is the second Tuesday in the month of December. And we're looking forward to having you then. The focus will be Mastering the Craft, and we will be talking about your three books. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I just... I just have to tell y'all, y'all missed a good show. If y'all didn't come to the show Sunday, y'all missed a good show. We Aww. had we had sex in the it was we had sex in the city, and uh, I had Miss Dahlia on, and Mine. we had a ball. I mean, we went head to head, and we went single. We will definitely we went, check out the archives of that. Yeah, we did we did the dang thing over there Sunday. So, you know, we had a ball over there. So, and oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I am journeying to Texas this weekend. Oh, okay. Texas. And yeah, and I'm going to. Sister Queen Nikki Chaplin and uh, Poet Kendrick. Yeah. Had a couple of friends and supporters from Texas here. Yeah, I'm going to be down there, and I'm going to do a little something-something down there in a the little nightclub. And, oh, okay. You know, I'm going to do a little something-something down there and give them some, I'm going to give them some East Coast, West Coast swagger, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to make all the ladies put the thirty pennies up on the stage. You know. Oh, my. You're about to hit them with the East Coast, West Coast swagger. Yes, right. That's what I'm going to do. Hit them with the swagger. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going to tell them all, y'all men in this club, y'all want to get a woman, you want to keep her, pull your pants up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell them. Pull like your pants up. <laughs> okay, so, My friend Aries is listening. My friend, I brought my friend onto the call, you guys. Oh, okay. okay. Welcome. Welcome, Aries. Hi, thank you. All right, right now. All right now. Yes, right. woman power. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think oh, you know like what? Your woman. We're looking at history <laughs> about to be made. November eighth. Everybody, me. go to the polls. <laughs> uh, before I go, before I go, before I let y'all go, I wanted to, I want to do something real quick. Okay. Real quick, I'm doing peace. Real. You want to dedicate it to Aries. No, I'm dedicated to the the, the, the women who have their eyes closed. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> hers are open. We know hers are. Okay, this, okay, this piece you. is called, um, uh, uh, I'm going to do this freestyle. So this piece is called, uh, By Ignorance You Remain. You ready? Sure, we're ready. I am what came across the night sky. The book of the dead spoke of me, but by by you missed the hieroglyphics that told of my coming from the afterworld. But yet the world planted white Jesus in your head and destroyed your mind. Foolish people that render you own downfall, and then you negate what the ancestors left you. And now you have become the mouse in the sphere of illusion, of post-traumatic slavery disorder, disorder in the disarray of your own people. The ladders of your minds are broken. Your spirituality lay in the beds of discombobulation, and you cry at your trials and tribulations. On the doorsteps of ignorance, and you false smile lifted the gifted, and you still have yet searched for yourself. 
for the truth born within you. Some many, so many times I have rendered the pages while they trick you in, in, in the slave pages, and you still don't understand why you walk in church door. Did not God say in the holy pages, no other God before me? But then you have created self-turmoil and made Jesus God. See, I even brought forth another truth in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, but you have been cheated. Because you have been told it's the pages of the devil's work. Shame on you when your book only retains 6,000 years of history, got you believing your bloodline and your birthright is only minute, still standing on the stainless steel, stupid, a stainless steel stupidity, and never understood Willie Lynch. It all, it all would become self-perpetuating and make you self-destructive in the 13th Amendment, returned you to slavery in the 14th and the 15th, supported it. Young brothers, when are you going to rise enough to hold your head held high, enough to open your eyes up to the elevation and education that you make you rise up above? But first you have to learn your history and ride the horse of unity to rise out of self-slavery. Please research the real books of who and what you are, not the negative media of what they have made you to be, and have the whole world believing that they stole your dignity, but yet they stole your birthright. I ask you, do you wish to wear the imaginary ball and chain because only ignorance of you remain when you are even when you are not even disconcerting between liberation and enslavement, twisted and trapped by misinformation about your own self in your world? In peace. Good night. Good night. Wow. Woo wee. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I must say. Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston, who does reside in Boston, Massachusetts. He always comes with those really, really hefty um, truth-mongering pieces. I tell you, it's enough to raise the dead mentally, emotionally, (laughs) socially, and in every way. So I'm hoping um, everyone... Enjoy what they heard, and we will have Master Scribe on this channel and platform uh, again. That will be in December, the second Tuesday in the month of December, which is December the 13th. Come 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The feature artist in spotlight will be Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston. And you just heard a sample of his poetic voice live. At this time, Mr. Donaldson, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was energetic. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he always wow. takes things up to the next level. Like if it starts to get a little um humdrum or, you know, it, it, it the tone tends to dwindle, he, he just kicks it up seven notches up higher. Yeah. But the first, and he did that intentionally, you know, this because it wasn't like it, it was a dull moment. What happened was he was displaying his, his, really he was giving a lot of himself in that. Oh really yeah. Nice. Oh my. Truly, truly, yes indeed. To know him is to know his work. Um, he is very passionate about what he writes because his life is his writing. Like he writes what he lives. Um, every time I've ever heard him spit, it was always his truth that back. So yes, indeed, you're. you're now you can. Can you hear me right now? Yes, can you I hear can. Me speaking? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I'm testing something out real quick. I'm going to do a quick mic check with you. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I know this sounds weird, but, yeah, I'm going to try and do a mic check. Here we go. Um, okay. Let me see if I you can. Tell me if you can uh, hear, hear the audio. Hold on one second. Here it comes. Let me see. Um, okay. That's just my voice. I recorded that while you guys were, you know, I've had that recorded. I just recorded that not too long ago, right? And I'm playing it back for you. And I'm going to do a piece, a freestyle piece, over the top of that. Oh, Sure. The mic is in your hands. Open mic night. Yeah. Fall. If you're fun. ready. Love it. If you're ready. We are ready. I don't even know. I think I already know what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to take you guys deep into the mind of a transformer. Somewhat of a radical, if you will. Oh, my. Hold on to your seat, ladies. <laughs> You guys were, I was listening to some poetry, and I was kind of also in the vibe, so I was doing that beat, that bass line, and I was vibing with the other poet as well, poetry, uh, poet as well. and so then I decided I would just go ahead and play that mm-hmm. while rocking that kind of, you know, like mystery, you know, I, kind of vibration. Uh, yeah. Definitely Master Scribe. Um, uh, he definitely should connect with you. He's a prolific writer, and um, I think he would appreciate that, even that uh, baseline that, that um, you created, uh, possibly doing one of his pieces to something like that. But we're, we're definitely, um, if you can share your information, we do have a fan page on Facebook, uh, the Exceptional Scribble Show, or if you can just uh, 
and email it to our email address, which is exceptionalscribble at yahoo.com. I really want to uh, start posting your work and getting people aware that, you know, you are out there and someone needs, yes, sounds, mixes, beatboxes, you know, Mm -hmm. they can collaborate, they compensate, we want to make sure they get compensated. Uh, right. But <laughs> right. <laughs> we're trying to Let me get your email get real quick and write that down. Artists, starving artists, uh, reality in America. Try to end that by artists. You talk, you're talking about artists. this man, the one sleeping under the gr- under the concrete, the one under the bridge in the darkness. I'm messing with you. Sure. It's serious though. <laughs> I do need I do, <laughs> I do need your email address. Okay. Um, and you're not in the chat right now, so I'll just give you the one you can send any correspondence to, and we'll get it. Yeah, okay. Bad. That'd be great. Um, exceptional scribble at yahoo.com. S C, right? R yes, scribble. X C E P E P P I O N A O. Yes. Scribble and, and it's scribble all together. S-C-R-I-B-B-L-E? Yes. At yahoo.com. Aries, were you able to hear the words with the with the baseline okay? Um, your words were a little muffled by the pre recorded sounds. Oh really? Oh that sucks. I was trying to I was trying to see if it would be that's why I was testing to see the volume of it. Yeah. We'll do it next time. It was like some, uh, I guess, the microphone, you know, the, the vibrations, mm-hmm. we were hearing that in the middle. How about we try it one more time sure. on another freestyle? Yes, okay. okay. Just to do another test real quick and see if it, mm-hmm. we can bring that live over the phone for you people um, one more time. On a darker kind of vibe, kind of like a Black Lives Matter vibe. Yeah. Let me see. That's not too loud right there, is it? That's much better. Okay. You can hear the music? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, this is just what I wanted to have happen. All these eyes on me. Good morning to you, too, ma'am. All I'm trying to do is get to where I'm going. I don't need to be stared at. Who am I, anyway? This is Donald. Got this vibe. I got this notion. Trying to make a difference. Not across the ocean. I'm just here... Now, in this place, I got an idea. I just changed this place. Slack alley. Blackout. No doubt. Who cares? Can't save the world anyway. Gotta think about myself. All right. Oh wow, that was rather uh ooh that was much dark better. and sullen. <laughs> that, I mean 
But I mean, I you know, the words. <laughs> I'm going by the words. I I love the uh, jazzy vibe there, but yeah, the message. Ooh. The dead. The, the you said like it's like a beat vibe, right? Like. Yeah. It, it's it was meant to be like that, and I'm really feeling that too. Something there's something very creative for me mm-hmm. in this like mysterious, on a mission, perception of myself, you know. And when I project this energy into that creative outlet of that concept, you know, this character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's like it's very freeing to me to feel. Ah, oh, the mystery come out from me in in the form of music, you know. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's a, a interlude there, and it's a one that draw it draws the mind in. Um, you know, as you hear the words, you're like, wow, yeah, like you know, I kind of feel like that. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to inspire everybody here, and I'm extremely inspired by my contact with people, it's without you guys, I wouldn't actually be feeling this much shit. Mm. It, I said that in a good re- in a good regard. <laughs> but I actually said it to be kind of sarcastic, too. Oh, yeah, we, we, we took it that way. <laughs> I love you from Donaldson. And we won't misjudge you by that. <laughs> no, I love you guys. But uh, thank you for the time on the show. And I want... Make sure you guys have my email address. It's I know I have yours, exceptional scribble at yahoo.com for the general stuff there. And I will be getting with Lurie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, Larry, and then and now. The Edwards. Mm-hmm. It's MGMT at Gmail. I'm going to be getting with him. L-A-R-I-E-M-G-M-T at gmail.com. Yeah. And then he is on probation in case you're there as well. Well, basically, second son of Donald is is at gmail dot com. So just everything spelled out correctly, you can contact me there, and and I'll be able to correspond with you more, you know, on okay. whatever subject matter. And on our yeah, second son mm-hmm. of Donald. Second, yeah, that's correct. Second, number two, second son of Donald. It's not actually number two though. It's actually the word spelled out. Second, S E C O N D, S O N O F Donald at gmail.com, hence Donaldson. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's a total, it's a, It's really kind of a very, uh, an honor to, to be appreciated by such wonderful people. And I'm going to throw this right back out there to you guys. You guys are great. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, wow. That means a lot coming from you because, you know, like I said, this platform was created by an artist for artists because we believe artists are for artists. Ultimately, we need each other to survive in this world where there's too many struggling and starving artists. So we thank you for that feedback, and we're just going to keep doing what, what we do. That's right. Let's keep going. Mm, we got and more thanks, to come. Aries. Is she still on the line? Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Yes, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you, Don. Yeah, we look forward to you uh, coming the next time and, and spitting some poetry or some music, whatever your heart desires, creatively speaking. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, this concludes tonight's show. I want to give a little announcement of what 
happening next week. Well, next week we have, uh, her name is Aisha Saran, and she is a model, an actress, and a health and wellness educator. And she will be with us from 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time till 9 p.m. And sometimes, you know, we have our future artists that stay over. And our topic will be Creative Minds Unleashed. And our focus word is creativity. So I'm welcoming you both, Mac, to join us next week. Thank you. I promise you it's going to be quite inspiring. She's very inspired. <laughs> and she's entertaining as well. You, uh, She's done a couple of commercials, and she's done a couple of TV series. She's had some features in a couple of TV series. And she's embarking on some other um, things that will be a little more major exposure in acting and um, modeling. And um, she has quite a perspective, quite an interesting perspective to share about art and uh, the performing arts as well. So I'm really excited to have her. Again, that's next week, October 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there and be square. <laughs> yeah, I endorse people being square on this platform. That's another thing. It doesn't happen on every platform. So if you come to us, if you're a square in a round peg society, you'll feel very much at home because we endorse squares. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to put that out there. Okay. Well, I always say um, if you if it all comes around to squaring up triangles, Oh, wow. I like that even better. <laughs> if it all comes round to squaring up triangles. <laughs> oh, you got me talking in shapes. I haven't done this much talking in shapes since I was a homeroom teacher of uh, kindergarten a couple years back. You got me back into shape talking. Okay. <laughs> right. And in a Perpendicular to the desk. <laughs> it's like what? Well, the, it's okay, great. Yeah. Well, you know, they say the world was flat before it was round. So, do you spit the, the poetry as well? Or do you just host the show? You know what? I did poetry at the beginning, beginning of the show, and then when callers start calling in, I take the back seat because I love to just. Take it all in. I'm a little greedy, you know, when people start spitting poetry. You know, I, I, I do my moments. I have my time, and I shine the mic when it's my hour. But I love to share the spotlight, and I think that's just a part of why I do what I do. So that's really honorable, too, uh, Aries, right, Aries? Being able to let other people express, open up the... Mike. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm, again, I'm looking forward to Aries sharing on next, uh, on our next show. We will definitely uh, give her space and room, whatever she wants to share. It doesn't have to be a poem. It could be a part of a story she wrote. It could be a um, meditative verse if she's a journal writer, um, a positive affirmation. We embrace all writing. So whatever you want to share, 
comes here, and it could be a song. It could be a lullaby. Should, should we, yeah. Her and I will do a duet. Hey, It'll be, sounds great. I can open your eyes, say if you wonder by. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, look. We'll we'll welcome you. We'll roll the red carpet with the spotlight on you and just let it. I, I don't know. Is Aries a singer? Aries, do you sing? I sing. I can't sing, but I sing. And I well, would you ever consider doing some poetry, though? Have you ever... Because this Absolutely. would be a great outlet for it. I okay. mean, I've met some really awesome people on this on this call, particularly. I think there's another call that's on. Yeah, Goddess. definitely. If you're breaking the ice um, as a poet or a spoken word artist, I definitely suggest that you use this platform. We've had so many that did that, and now they're doing. Oh my, one called Word Warrior. Um, he's all over Chicago now. He's under black ice and getting his mentoring, but, I mean, he started off just spitting poems on this show, and next thing we knew, he blew up. He's got his own shows. <laughs> so, you know, it's a good place right. to start, that's what I think. So they, he was he got a show basically through, yeah, I mean, your, your generosity and your kindness and openness to share your space here. And and not try to do what I would probably do, which is be say all the poems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I only do that like if a lot of callers haven't called in, and it's like an open mic night, then you're going to hear at least two or three poems by me. <laughs> That's the way. No, I love the fact that you hear all to these other guests. I'm going to force you to hear me. <laughs> mm. Only under those. That's exactly. See, what do you think about that strategy, though, like as far as live performance? Like the idea is get to work, you know, mm-hmm. instead of working for someone else, I can work for myself. And since I do that already, might as well shift gears into performance and just getting around, you know, and creating contracts to perform with festival, mm-hmm. festivals. Very good. Um, and and I think festivals are probably a really great platform for something like human beatboxing. If there's any other human beatboxers out there that oh, yeah. will ever hear this show, um, or or even that will be tuned into this this vibe, you know, like that you can actually get out there and perform at festivals and at a booth or whatnot. Um, and the idea would be to I I like I was just talking about it with a friend the other day. I know you're trying to end the show. Uh, we've got five minutes, right? We have time, mm-hmm. but um, to 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 hit at the festival. But in order to get the capital, to to have the parts that I need to get everything going, well, I have to secure, of course, my you know the equipment and the traveling arrangements and all that stuff, you know. And so we just thought of, we thought about budgeting in all of that stuff and then asking for that amount, you know. And it's kind of a simple way of really making sure that you have the right amount for doing your performance, you know, that you're not going to just walk out of there empty-handed, you know what I mean, because you had to play, pay for your plane ticket, too, you know what I mean, especially if you have something very different, you know. Right. But, okay. And the idea is to, the other idea was when you, when you can negotiate and compromise with these people, 
and be more persuasive, uh, if you will, with the argument that they should book you, okay, when you present yourself or when one presents themselves as being able to provide something that is rare, right, but will still have the effect of someone booking someone that is worth, you know, that they've seen before that they could rely on on a normal basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and I think that the way to do that is through making the personal connection with them. That you make a connection with them through yourself or an agent, and just like we're doing on this phone call. Yes. And build a relationship for future performances. That's the only way to do it, you know. That's right. And uh, I and really promote that, and that's the, that's the direction I'll be moving in, huh? Mm-hmm. That's what has come about as well since we started this show. Um, relationships have formed, and uh, it has resulted in events. Uh, people being booked for events in neighboring cities and states and abroad. So, yes, indeed, this is the way to do it. It's networking, 101. <laughs> and um, artists being for artists. You know, if you support the artist community, then you're going to support other artists. And that's what we're trying to promote well, great. by the show. I'm about to get off the call right now, but I want to thank okay. you for the time on the call. Um, yeah. And you know, we'll talk. When's your next show? Can you send? Can you add me to the um, to your email list for your show? Or do I have to friend I'm you? I'm gonna put you on the show's email list, and you'll be receiving correspondence from the Exceptional Scribble Show um, email itself, Good. where we'll just keep you updated as to what we're doing new and what's going on, and who's going to be featured. For the notification of the correspondence with the Scribble Show is with the entrance of the data on the keyboard into the computer. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to add you to our newsletter, our talk to you newsletter, and then you're going to be on our mailing list because I'm going to send you information uh, regularly. Uh, weekly, so you'll always have updates as to what we're doing. And what That'd be great to hear. Yep, excellent. I'm glad to do it. This was fun, man. Thanks a lot for having the call tonight. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for connecting. All right. Um, yeah, I will, I will, I will be in touch, okay? Yeah, we're building bridges, not walls. <laughs> building bridges, not walls. Yes, I took that from Hillary Clinton, 2016, presidential <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now I I heard the political tone in that. I didn't. That's why I was like he- hesitant to respond right away. But I support whatever you feel good about. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying. As to- long as it doesn't involve anything deranged, you know. Oh, definitely. <laughs> nah. It well, could. It could. It could. Artists, it could definitely excite me. Outlandish, but it's always for a good call. <laughs> <laughs> we're only extreme. We only execute extremism when it's necessary. All right, good night, ma'am. Okay, thank you, sir. Good night. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 131 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. We are now signing off, and you're going to hear Dougie Fresh all the way to heaven, 1986.
Good night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Good night.